Tabernacle for Judge Jackson. Okay, now we're recording. El Debar with Debar. James Debar. We'll talk about that on the coming. Oh. We got we got a topic for the coming. We'll see you on the at the at the beginning of the intro. I totally forgot about that. From Atlanta, Fulton We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Purple color, I see. Then you maintain the status. December seventh, night. And a question a psychopath. I love you so badly. I got me. Then give him a wave, Crow. You know got what a lot is. of thoughts going on. You got a lot of thoughts <laughs> going on. That song and uh, that song and the THC make that occur. Here's a PM Don. We were coming in yeah. with a little Janet Jackson. We did have uh, so, but and then it, it, the, there's little info on the screen here. Yes, with the much music, and he forgot she married Jan. Who's James DeBarge? Uh, uh, he sang. Uh, God, uh, there was a band called uh, El DeBarge that he was like one of the singers in. What's their famous? They have like one or two songs that you probably would know. Um, like, not, not like cherish the cherish the love. That might have been one of their songs. That could be. Totally I think wrong. I've heard that, but that. A lot of shit's been sampled in my life, so I probably yes. know it is like, where is the love? Like yeah, something yeah. that's been stolen Absolutely. over the years. But, I, but then their marriage lasted a year. That was 1984. She's literally six years older. That was a older. good run of short-lived marriages. Fucking Tyson oh. and, and Robin Givens. That one, I remember that was like, I mean, my brother, I did not like Robin Givens. I did not like her. I, I found her... The parlance of the time would have been gold digger, would have been the term that would have been used. So there know? was a so, little massageny in there. Well, a I little mean, bit she, like, uh, well, hello, Larry. She was, uh, well, I mean, her, her and her mother, I guess, would just send photos of themselves out to like Dave Winfield. I guess Dave Winfield gave VD to Robin Givens' mother. VD! <laughs> exactly. That dates it. Yeah, exactly. Calling it VD. VD. <laughs> hey, you got a VD? There weren't the phylums yet. Yeah. The, 
<laughs> Everything was the clap or VD. Yeah, yeah. You, all, you just took a pill. You know, you just took a pill. I remember Dwayne Kennedy. I remember the days you took a pill. If it's dripping, you ain't tripping. If it's, oh yeah, that's classic 90s comedy. <laughs> Dwayne Kennedy probably avoided the stool hump, though, I would assume. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the hack list of African American comic lists, like like in the late eighties, early nineties. Like, well, what were the topics that were always discussed? You know. But anyway, I was thinking a lot of different things. Had a lot of different thoughts going on. You know, and I'm trying to. What I want to work on, Keith, with this episode, and I sometimes, uh, and I'm glad I was able to bring this up. I didn't forget it. But I'll go on a tangent sometimes, and I'll lose my train of thought, like once or <clears> twice <throat> during the show. And I'm trying to work on on maintaining that, so I want to just focus a little Can bit. Can you just bring the that. mic in a little bit? I'll sure, turn your absolutely. thing down a little bit. That's if you... okay. Yeah, maybe just a little wee bit more. Just a wee bit more. Down. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. God, the, here here's a, <laughs> world events are occurring. I'm so fucking sick. Yeah, of the state of the world. The, the Palestine and nations and backgrounds together. It's it, just, it really is, and I must say, uh, I you know the attack on Israel initially was bad. Yeah, but yeah. we really are being a cuck for Israel here in this whole news cycle because well, even it, it, so far it's coming out that the retal the retaliation has been very disproportional. Oh, of course, we're they like have more e even initially like three thousand Palestinians died the day the thirteen hundred Israelis oh, died. Man, and then like my whole thing is like all of the stuff of of like. There's babies being beheaded in the street. That's all like eyewitness accounts of soldiers that even the Israeli government and CNN yeah. have been like, there's no confirmations of that. But if you go on Twitter, there's literally videos of people holding their lifeless Palestinian children. Yeah, yeah. Because so like, if you're talking about receipts and visuals, yeah. there's more proof that the Israelis have over retaliated versus well, like the and and uh, that saying yep. that the initial attack was brutal and oh yeah yeah Hamas no, I'm listening. Is bad i'm listening yeah but i feel like israel is using this as an excuse to just exterminate the palestinians well uh one could certainly <clears throat> and you're make being, an argument and you're being called anti-semitic if you point that out well one of the things that frustrates me is that like <laughs> this is one of the things i don't Bill Maher has gone down in stock for me. I used to like him about a year ago, but he's done a couple things recently. And and he had a woman on on panel who said, if you say anything critical of Israel, it just makes you anti-Semitic. And that's just no. That's no. No, that, that is not. I can separate the faith from the country. I can do that. Can you do that? Can you do that? And the answer is no. You don't understand. You don't know what it's like to almost be exterminated. So you're going to come back with 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 the with the hammer. I just. How do you think Judge Judy would deal with all of this? I don't, it's. It, I listen, the, the Palestinians, you're going to pay the Israelis their rent? Case closed. <laughs> I said case closed. <laughs> yeah, it's. You know, the Gaza Strip, it's going to be like. But by the time the, the beginning of the year, end of the year occurs, there's going to be like 50,000 dead Palestinians. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the hammer is coming out, and the hammer is coming out hard. It's coming out it's hard. It's like that Adam Carolla movie. The Hebrew Hammer. <laughs> By the rights, how bizarre! <laughs> Did, does he have a movie coming? Yeah, out? no, it's it's been a it's it's an old movie. It's oh, about a, oh. a Jewish boxer called the Hebrew Hammer. Oh, like well, like in the 30s or something? Or <clears throat> no, I I don't know. It's just a it's like around the Man Show time. It didn't have to be a time. Oh, yeah. Like it's not a serious <laughs> movie. It's not like yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, That's I think the writer in you. Any movie, yeah. even if it's a slapstick comedy, you're like, what's the 
<laughs> conceit behind this film. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, what are they trying to do here? You know what I mean? There's just a, there's... fart and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but if you ever, uh, um, if it was pre-World War II, because Jews took advantage of the, took advantage, utilized the GI Bill. Well, a lot of soldiers did, which was a total, gee, that's not a smart thing to do, Keith. Let's see, you know, uh, I don't know, a hundred million people have been murdered on the planet. Let's actually educate our people, okay, and make them a little more intelligent. How about we actually do that? For soldiers returning and so but before that well the middle east is asunder let's strike a new deal for the for sag (laughs) so my point is is my my point is is uh the um uh, before the gi bill before the second world war you know jews were in ghettos and and were working class so there was there was a ton of jewish boxers that were really good like in the 20s and 30s they had to fight with the star of david on their trunks like (laughs) <laughs> that was That's the great. I mean it's one thing about boxing it is Put still your old up. school old school racism is still going on in boxing you know your ethnicity is that's your identity as a boxer still oh know? yeah Irish that's where like shit. that fiery latino shit came from mm. I would assume is is the fight world of course that was a, that was a way to kind of earn a certain level of respect you know it's like Again, I, I've tried to add this on a tagline for one of my jokes. Remember, I used to say like on the whole tangent, I would go off on your generation and younger, and, and I would always talk about at this point. I don't know what at this point in our post-truth world, why not just bring back white-on-white racism? You know, like just start. start yeah. To, to, Speaking of white racism, know? we got a little Sanford and Son. I here. love Sanford and Son. What are you talking about? I love. They got all different kinds of brothers run through this show. I, 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 dude, I love Sanford and Son. I was wildly entertained. I was a Grady guy. Didn't Grady get a spinoff? Oh man, I remember he he did a bunch of character act work. Grady was hilarious. Great, his old buddy Grady. I I I just asked Alexa this week. There were 136 episodes of Sanford and Son. It ran from 72 to 78. I remember like the tale, like the last like 77, 78 run of Sanford and Son, like watching it, making time to, because I loved, I loved Red Fox. I still do. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. And this whole, <laughs> the whole. <laughs> and you know what? Because he was so old school, I think that's how he connected with white people to make this show so popular. Like old oh. white men thought he was like, oh, quote unquote, one of the good ones. Well, he was like Richard Pryor, too. He was the cutting edge sort of. His whole story is still, he, he worked in Harlem in the 40s. He worked with Malcolm X and they were all nicknamed Red because they had reddish hair. He had reddish hair, but now it's obviously gray. But then, uh, uh, as did uh, uh, Malcolm Little, who became Malcolm X. There was, so we were called Detroit Red or yeah. Harlem Red. And I think he was, uh, I think, I don't know where Red Fox is from. I don't know where he's from originally. I think he might be from, no, he's from St. Louis. He's from St. Louis. That's where Red Fox was from. He was great. And, and another, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, what, what, I, what I liked about him, too, is I guess when they filmed this show, he would do like, you know, he'd do sets in Vegas for like 100 grand. 75 grand he would do it at night and then fly back the next day he would not memorize the script he went in there and oh, yeah. a lot of it and, and the producers hated and it when he, he was so and good. i've heard the rumor that he improvised so much that when he was doing actually having a heart attack yeah <laughs> they thought he was doing the like bit from the show and that initially well, they were like her. yeah he had a grabber that's how he died yeah he died in the early 90s yeah i remember his last his last movie was Harlem Nights. That was his kind of last, like, sort of hail mary pass of his career because he was great. I love Red Fox. He's a good stand-up. 
And he was totally from that era of just you're smoking a cigarette on stage and yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> very blue. Back when they called it blue. Absolutely. Blue is, blue is a good term, you know? Editor Mike Rogers is at the desk. Oh, and Mike, I remember bad. we reported on this when it mm -hmm. happened. So what does the video actually show? Yeah, it really gives the moments from start to finish of when these, what these officers were dealing with when they arrived on scene. We got some local violence here. You know, the 1200 block. Do you yeah. need to report local violence, you know? Yeah. Where was this? I got called out here for a report of a Pico Union right around the oh, corner here. Yeah. Yeah. Around. Ooh, they man. were also called out for assault with a deadly weapon. Well, Oof. the officers responded and they were able to locate the person well, in the parking lot here. The, you know, negotiating the, back this neighborhood is, uh, initially oh, was somewhat okay. successful, but then things took a turn. Okay, now, sure, we'll man. show you the video oh, here. Oh, 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 it is a little bit graphic. We no, it's fine. It's fine. No, I, I thought you wanted me to be a little lower so I wasn't shout, shouting into it. Oh, okay. Okay, sure, man. Absolutely. And then if I got to adjust your ears, let me know. Sure, sure. All right. Yeah, here it is in slow motion. That's when the suspect uh, uh, runs towards the officers. Now, LAPD says he was armed with a knife. Uh, they did also Ooh, look at that guy. A, uh, still picture. Yeah, they're man. probably living in the park right now. Oh man, it's uh, you know, this is uh, this is a rough city in certain ways. You know, there's definitely an underbelly to LA. There's no doubt about it. It's a different underbelly than Chicago. You know, how yeah. would you describe it being differently? Have you thought about this? I would think you would think about this. Like, you know, how would I describe L.A. differently than like, like Chicago? The rough side of Chicago just, versus the rough side of L.A. Even the rough side of Chicago isn't like visibly dangerous looking. I think that's why so many people get slight get mugged on the south side and stuff because yeah. they are you're able to wander into areas that you don't know are dangerous. Whereas L.A., it's visually clear. Yeah, yeah. When you've entered somewhere. Yeah. That might be a little dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You notice it. I, I just know like when I walk over to that mic, you know, Hyperion mic as a mic, they do it on Saturdays, Mondays actually too. I walked over last week and walking over there, which is like a 12 minute walk. You see no one, but you see five or six mentally oh, yeah. ill people. And, and like, you don't know kind of. Are, are they t are they just stopping to like I don't know talk to an imaginary voice in their head or are they is there something going to happen and like they're taking you know there's a certain like how do you pass them is there a certain etiquette Saint Joseph like Saint Joseph Hospital <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean I mean you ever do that calculus yeah. sometimes like sometimes but I think I've that's what's good about living in this area is you really learn what is dangerous and what is what just like yeah bad looking yeah exactly and that's here's true. my thing. Are you really going to let someone with their pants at their ankles covered in filth withdrawing from heroin mug you? I know. <laughs> it's not like they're like strong. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it'd be an easy, yeah, it'd be an easy You can fight. push them over. Yeah, exactly. God. Like unless they stab you with a heroin needle and give you an embolism. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't well, like to be. <laughs> we're talking. I'm talking about on that note. <laughs> I'm talking about the idea of being afraid of someone in MacArthur Park, and I'm like, are you really going to let someone with their pants falling down, withdrawing from heroin, commit violence upon you? Well, I mean, like as they're you're not... from LAPD, just being in the vicinity <laughs> of fentanyl will kill you. It's not that bad. Have I, you seen I... the reports? Of like, they go into a house and there happens to be fentanyl in there, and they have to like go to the hospital for exposure. Wow! Oh, wow! It's, it's yeah, that and extreme. The, and they'll like, it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's radioactive. Like, you know, it's, it's not. And you know, I always, used uranium rods from a fucking you know yeah. uranium plant, or you know what I mean? Do like you a know nuclear what, power plant? What question I hate when they is like anything going to stab me in these pockets? Yeah, I have a fucking machete. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get a. Uh, 
I tell you what, I've gone through uh, MacArthur Park many times walking over here. And honestly, I've never felt, I mean, there was only one time when there was just a guy, God, he must have been fucked up. Oh, my God. He, he had his tent out and it was like half ripped apart. You know, it just was, it was just hell. And he was right across the sidewalk, taking up the entire length of the sidewalk. And I was like, you know something? I just don't want to walk over this Is that guy. the hiker rescue? Yeah. Oh, wow. Here contemplating a hoist rescue. She was at the zoo and thought she was going to the monkey enclosure and has just wandered down a hill. Uh, Did she fine. literally just get lost, do you think? Yeah, or? probably. No, she fell. Uh, the other still kind of hovering around the area. Yeah, you know, it's a rough terrain in there. It's desert. You know what I mean? Like she's probably you... talking to her friends, like, we see you on the news right now. It is a desert climate here, and it's going to be warm this week. Like, come on, man. Like, get down into the fucking 70s consistently. Yeah. It, it, you know? I feel like it is a little bit of a late summer. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're getting it's It's warm right now. Which, whatever. Hey. I'll tell you what, it's it's always better than, than fucking Chicago. There's just a little never bit of, a run baseball runoff. The Texas Rangers. Oh, here we go. Ooh, the Houston Astros came back a little bit. Down uh, are, who's up? Who's up in the series? The Texas? It's the first game. No, oh, oh, no, no, no wait. Oh, it's the upper right. Texas leads one nothing. Wow, okay. The Battle of Texas. God, of course the two course. baseball teams are. I got a question for you. I wanted to ask you about Texas. I feel like you're a thoughtful, <laughs> mindful person. You're, you're wise. You're with the whole border crisis or whatever, whatever Abbott keeps describing it yeah. as, when he sent all the Venezuelans up to Chicago because yeah. it's a sanctuary city and they're all sleeping now on police station floors, he's like, this is a small percentage of what we deal with every single day in Texas. There was a real hostility in his tone. And I'm just wondering, I guess, how quote unquote bad is it? How many people are there? How, uh, I mean, there's, there's definitely been an increase in the yeah. border crossings recently. But, I mean, it's not any worse than any other increase. Yeah. And also, what people don't understand is that these people aren't all coming into the same place. Oh, yeah, 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 the yes. border is huge. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's so expansive. Yeah, yeah. That's why the wall idea right. is kind of ridiculous, because you got, you got to cover, whatever, 1,500 miles of state line or something, so you know? He might be right. He might be right. You know, this is the number of people who are coming into our border every single day. But like that's spread across thousands of miles. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, it's a total. Again, once again, the world of false equivalencies that they that they exist in. Yeah, exactly. And they know that. They know that because they they know. Part of the thing that annoys me it is a geography versus population battle that's going on. That, that's like a subtext of a lot of. Is this. that that Jim Jordan guy yes. who, who wants to? He's like the big Trumper for. <laughs> look at this cat. Ooh, this look guy, at the guy with the eye patch. Let's hilarious. get Crenshaw. What's this, up with Crenshaw? This guy's hilarious, dude. Eye patch Crenshaw from Texas. What do you know about him, Dan Crenshaw? He, he's. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> he's at least. I'm 90, I'm 80% sure his, like, eye issue was gotten in war. Oh, I think it was a um, self-inflicted thing. Oh, was it self-inflicted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay, it was so a... he's just as bad as Abbott. Because <laughs> Abbott is a veteran, but that's not why he is disabled. He's disabled because he was in a car crash, <laughs> and he sued the hell out of the truck that crashed into him and made him disabled. And then when he became governor, he changed the law so that nobody else can do that. <laughs> God. That's pretty great. Well, he's such an asshole. Uh, that's the it's just like, uh, 
God. I signed it. That's a, this is such a newsome headline with all of this. You know, with all the Middle East, put it out there that I've signed thousands of bajillions of bills. Well, you know, here's the thing about it. That, of course, feeds into the rights argument of like, hey, what we need more laws. We need less laws. You know, we need. I get that argument. I get that there is a logic to that. It's not totally flawed. You know what? You know? Let's see what the right's saying. Let's get the Ingram angle on all of this. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure it's, you know. To have America's attention. You know goddamn well someone's going to link something to Russia and all of this. Well, well the story. It's going to get to Russia. Well, the story I heard. Here's the rumor I heard. I'm going off. I, I lost. You heard my, that. Well, you know, the rumor, whatever. It, Trump may have had, you know, whatever the the kind of uh, the the intel on the Iron Dome or whatever it's called that that Israel said. Are you to, like, talking about that thing rockets? that you two plays in in Vegas? <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, the Iron Dome so that, that that you know rockets couldn't come in. They they were exposed for having weaknesses in their air defenses, pretty pretty substantially too. And so the the rumor that I heard, and I have no I have no way of proving this. It's merely a rumor. Trump had declassified documents. He uh, potentially gave him to Putin, who then, of course, gives him to Iran. He Putin, and, and and then and then and then uh, Iran, of course, is backing Hamas. So that there was a chain of events. But you, I have no idea if that happened or not. Oh, had yeah, yeah. So that that, See, that, that, that was the, the rumor big, that, that, that there's the a big rumor right wing talking point. Yeah, that is Iran that, was behind it. Like oh, oh yeah, no yeah. Proof. Can I read? Yeah, 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 Here's it, oh fuck. Let, yeah, me go to, let me go to Instagram. Biden here. said that yesterday in sixty minutes. He did say that. There's no proof. Yeah, there's no proof. Like, there's no proof because of it, Drew you know? Michael because they want to use a pretext <clears throat> to fucking bomb that fucking country. You know, it's so evil. The, the, the middle <laughs> American policy in the Middle East is just there's. <laughs> There's no talk softly and carry a big stick. It's just club you over the fucking head. That is the strategy. Just club you over the head. It's just so. So here, I want to read Drew Michael's statement on this oh, yeah, because yeah. he's a smart guy yeah. and he's Jewish. Yeah. But I didn't. He's so smart. I didn't really understand his take. So I want Larry to hear this. <clears throat> he put here are some of my thoughts. Last Saturday, Jews everywhere were deliberately dehumanized through an act of terror, traumatized by some of the worst images imaginable, and then re-traumatized by the anti-Semitic discourse that followed. <laughs> the gist. When Jews are murdered, raped, and kidnapped on camera, it's Jews' fault. When Palestinians die, it's Jews' fault. When Jews say something is anti-Semitic, we are lying. And this isn't coming from a MAGA neo-Nazi, it's coming from the left. Any form of big, uh, any other form of bigotry liberals accept the narrative of the people most affected by it. Racism is defined by other people of color. Homophobia is defined by other queer people. But anti-Semitism, when Jews try and define it, people question us, refute us, and gaslight us by telling us we're trying to manipulate them, which is double anti-Semitism. Yeah. And then he goes on, of course. Hamas did not simply commit the largest and most horrific act of anti-Semitic violence since the Holocaust. They intentionally and unilaterally enlisted every single Palestinian civilian living in Gaza into their cause. They want Palestinians to die. There are no offices of Hamas to attack. Hamas members are strewn about, uh, yeah. about the population. The civilians living there are being used as pawns on the world stage for a much larger goal. It's not about liberating these people. It's about destroying another. Yeah. To justify the cruelty of Hamas by inv invoking the suffering of Palestinian people is disingenuous. Support for Hamas, Hamas only speaks of the desperation that is, that is left. 
which is very real. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that Hamas is fighting to ease the suffering. The lives of the Palestinian people are in peril, and it is no doubt a crisis. But to target one group of people as the sole cause of their suffering is such a colossal failure of critical thought. In doing that, you're ignoring, first and foremost, the band of marauding anti-Semitic psychopaths who just showed you what they're truly about. Oh, over. I, there, there's, there's a more. lot in there. <laughs> Hamas is not some random group of angry fundamentalists. They are the ruling, in parentheses, elected power of the territory backed by Iran. This is who Jews have one of their neighbors. Yeah, as one of uh, their neighbors. Yeah. Their stated goal is the destruction of Israel and the Jewish people. Even if we're codified into their charter, in parentheses, it is... We all just saw in broad daylight. We saw what Hamas would do if they had unfettered access to Jewish people. We saw what they would do if they had unlimited power. You can't just let them operate freely. Israel left Gaza almost 20 years ago. The Israeli-slash-Egyptian blockade only started after Hamas came to power in the region. At the very least, you can now see why. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, Drew. Yeah, well, If Hamas had the forepowered firepower to do it, they would destroy every single person in Israel without hesitation, and whilst most people, in quotes, not all, would not support that on its face, the purported justification for that type of horror is unfortunately shared by millions. That Israel is inherently illegitimate, and the Jewish people don't belong there. And it's, uh, that's its presence, that its presence itself is an occupation, and any means of resistance, uh, is valid. This is what the core of the free Palestinian movement is today. This is what people mean when they chant from the river to the sea. This is what they now say 75 years of occupation. 75 years means the creation of Israel in itself is an occupation. Well, yeah. it's a fucking land grab. That, 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 that is, really is an occupation. Yeah, he, it, it's a land he's grab. He's, he's getting into that. Drew covers his bases, even if you don't agree with yeah, him. You know. Believing the state of Israel is itself an occupation can only lead to one outcome. I am not saying that there aren't legitimate historical grievances, but if you're saying this shouldn't be a place, that's sort of a non-starter. You're making an existential threat. This is the sentiment shared by so many left-wing groups that are just criticizing Israel, he put in quotes, DSA, BLM, etc. This is what we saw so many yes but, res yes, but responses to the massacre. So many people, often well-meaning, pile onto these left-wing causes that have the erasure of Jewish, of Israel-slash-Jews at their hearts. That is why so many of us were hurt to see the rallies and the social media posts the day after the massacre. I, I, I don't have those feelings. There's another long one. I, I, I don't have those feelings about Jewish people. There is well, one country... But I have the feeling of, it's a land grab. That, that's one thing I know. That's one thing I, I, I know. And, and I get the historical context of it. Do I really? No, I guess I don't live it. Do I really? No, I don't. But I can see it, and I can see a land grab, and that's what happened. There's one so, country I mean, on planet Earth know, it, that, it's, pe <laughs> that people debate whether or not it should be a country at all, and it just happens to be the Jewish one. Imagine if there were 15 million black people on Earth, and over half of them lived uh, in the one and only black country in the world, in a place where they lived historically surrounded by dozens of white countries, which all contain zero black people because they were kicked out or otherwise made to feel violently unwelcome. And then all the white countries were like, yeah, the black country needs to go, but we're not racist, though. 
Would any of the same people accept this? Could anyone say that with a straight face? What historic is he talking about? Like the Bible? <laughs> is he calling the Bible a historic document? Yeah. <laughs> because, I'm sorry, um, the Palestinian people have been there. I know. <laughs> it's been Palestine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's been that country. Yeah. The British colonized it. Yeah. During World War One. Yeah. And then during World War II gave it to the Jewish people as restitution for yeah. the Holocaust. Yeah. 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 And told them, here, here is some unoccupied land. Yeah. But like people were fucking living there. <laughs> I know. So what history is he talking about? I know, I know. It, it's just, and it's not, you know. Like, I, I guess for me, from a practical point of view, Israel exists. It ain't going anywhere anytime soon without a palatial World War III type fight. You know, it ain't going anywhere. So then what are you going to do? And let's actually try to do a two-state solution. And that fuck, come on, man. The Hasidic Jew pot. Why are you fucking populating the West Bank? Why are you going into the West Bank? I know, I know, I know, I know, no, exactly. That's part of the dehumanizing of it all. That's what's so fucking gross about it. You know, ugh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It just, you know, and it's just coming in again. It's like, ugh. Oh God! The world. These Jews. No, 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 no. no. It's the kidding. same problems of like. I remember being, you know, in college. One of the delineating points of my young adulthood, of course, is the Cold War ending, and when that happened, a bunch of old fissures came out, of course. And then there was also the, the, the moment in time when the United States wanted to be like, okay, look at all these great toys we've been building for the past decade that we're going to show off. You know, with Iraq, because, you know, whatever, because they, they invaded Kuwait, you know, the Gulf War. I was getting conscientious objector status material. I was not going to go fight in a war like that. But they they did it in four days. And, and, and just it just is a it's been such a fucked up region for so long. And the fact that oil is there and the United States policies there are just all about militarism. It's just or it's a major dimension of it. It is about carrying the biggest stick over the most important commodity on the fucking planet. And it's just, and it has not improved. I don't see it improving at all. It's the reason why they're fighting against any sort of climate change, policy change. They want to keep the fucking fossil fuel fascism just going. And it's just, it's so, it's been that way for my entire life and I want it to end. I'm sick of it, or at least taper off. Was that a good, was that a good rant and a, ta a tangent? <laughs> but it's a truth. Crocious it's the way I like, see it. That's the way it is with kids today. Sounds like true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing, yeah. There's nothing new there. <laughs> yeah. It, <clears throat> every time I hear the word Zionism, I think of Wade Herder in Chicago going, Rahm Emanuel's a Zionist. <laughs> I saw him last week. I hadn't seen He's him. He gained weight. He gained oh, millionaire weight. Man, yeah, yeah. Gained weight, but also lost a lot of teeth in the process, too. Well, yeah, I would imagine Oof. he's not living the best. You know, he was yeah. homeless before. I don't. I feel like he's the, like, do you really want to give this guy cash? <laughs> do you really want to give him cash? You know. You yeah, know that was I, mean? I don't think, but I don't think he had a particularly good life, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. He probably grew up pretty, pretty Irish, pretty Chicago Irish. Yeah. Yeah, kind of rough around the edges, you think? Yeah. Or just like, yeah.
Yeah. God, there was that one performer in Saturday or in um in Second City. Was it Dorf? Was his last name? He was a writer on Conan for many years. And I remember he he had a uh, total Irish Chicago life. He got sober, which was good. But man, they 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 like the sauce. Ooh, man. we got like a little Monday. Water, We're going to ease into Monday Night Football here. <laughs> now we can talk about some TV <laughs> league. What's the game? It, it, it's the uh, Cowboys Chargers. Yeah, it's in L.A. You know. Yeah, like to go. look at Stephen A. with the sweater. Yeah, it's the it's little be that, that snug Cosby. He's got a snug Crosby going on right there. Ooh, they're wearing Lisa, the whites. I'm putting the number at fifty thousand Palestinians dead by the end of the year. Probably fifty thousand. That's what I'm guessing. Which is awful. <laughs> do you think the Do you think any of them boys on the field there are thinking about this conflict? As they get ready for conflict, maybe. Absolutely not. So Israel, Israel's like a left tackle, and Palestine is the defensive nose guard tackle. I hate that. I hate that about the way they they couch football in like military terms. I hate that when you're in the trenches. And I always talk about that on the show about just they portray these coaches like again they're chasing around Erwin Rommel in the North African desert, ready to smash him on the rocks of El Alamein. Like, come on, you are just designing plays. You're working with pituitary freaks. That's all you're doing. It's 24 year old man child. That's who you're dealing with. As I've gotten so much older now, I look at athletes. You know, when I was a kid, athletes were like men. They were men when I was like 10 years old, you athletes know? Athletes were men. And, and, and I look at them now, and I'm just like, because I'm so much older, and I'm like, they're like 30 years younger than me, 26 years. They're just young, you know? I mean, it's just, and, and it finally is, football was the last sport where that happened. Where the players, even like 10 years ago, still looked older than me. <laughs> Because they were such like fucking pituitary men freaks, you know. Speaking but of now football, it's like they, they look uh, younger. Speaking you know? of football, let's anyway. quickly get into the week seven TV league standings because we got the official results coming in on okay. this Monday. Okay. So first place was the NFL on Fox overrun that scored fifty points. Wow. Then we had the OT, which is their post game show, coming in at fourteen million people. So nineteen point five four million people. That's the overnights, probably a little larger. Yeah. Once they truly calculate it, but we won't find that out for a few months. Then it was the OT, so Fox coming one too. That's very big for Fox yeah. Sports because yeah. the NFL produces most of their shit now. Wow. So Fox Sports really got to get what they got. Yep. Then in third place, we have Monday Night Football, which was, uh, it's fucked up because it was technically week th whatever, five. five okay. but, then, but it was the Monday Night Football game from last Monday. So that would have been the uh, Packers, Packers Raiders. And Raiders. Yeah, exactly. 14.10 million people, little low. Um, for Sunday, for uh, oh no, wait, third place was Sunday Night Football. Giants Bills. I apologize. Okay, okay. Uh, How many fourteen point ten million people? Wow, thirty five points in the that's TV a lot. league. That's a lot, and that's a thirty five for uh the show and for the National Football League. Fourth place, strictly come dancing, <laughs> strictly come dancing. <laughs> Monday Night Football missed the cut. It missed the point cut. Okay, str the fact strictly that the come strictly. dancing and football night in America, which is the pregame for Sunday night football, God, came in. So look at the drop off though. Yeah, so fourteen point yeah. ten for third place, and then eight point three seven two for strictly wow. come dancing. Wow, yeah, that's that. That's how powerful the NFL is. You're cutting that in half usually. Wow, every yeah. now yeah. and again. A show that follows the late game will get like a ten million grab if we'll it's get a, a premiere or something. Yeah, yeah, but like. I'm impressed, actually, that so Monday Night, Monday Night Football placed seventh, two spots away from the point scoring places, 7.53. Okay. And uh, America's Got Talent 
or no, the voice on its own without like it was it aired like an hour later. Like it wasn't in the same oh, time okay, slot. Okay, so okay. it couldn't have had a trickle to it. Exactly. It got like six million people. Like only a million less people naturally watched the voice versus over Monday Night Football. Versus Monday Night Football. Wow. Which it shows you just, how powerful those singing competition shows are. Absolutely, man. Those things are huge. Which it's, you know, that's, and because it's in its early stage, so you're getting the kinks out, and those are really the more popular ones when you want to see people embarrass yourself. Yeah. It's almost its own form of combat. You know, you're watching the NFL to see people hurt themselves. Oh, and yeah. You're watching these early rounds of The Voice to see people get hurt. Yeah, which is, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I remember for when, 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 uh, whenever, when, uh, when, uh, whatchamacallit, when American Idol happened for the first time, when, when, what, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I remember watching it because again, it, it was the train wreck. You wanted to see the, uh, the stupidity of the people and how poor, what, what bad singers they were. Like that was a major draw to it, you know? Then of course they made that Simon guy the nasty asshole. Yeah. You know? They had, they had a, but, but the first Now you year feel bad two, for him. He's all droopy eyed from plastic <laughs> surgery. He's had enough. <laughs> He's had enough. Really? Does he, he looks rough around the... Oh. You know, my kids were oh. so scared of me. <laughs> There's something I about... Had, they were frightened by me. You have to admit it. There, is, there are a lot of performers that are cool that have and their shit And if you can together. see why I went down with my eyes, not across. Exactly. So, so don't, don't cancel, cancel me. Exactly. And you didn't start up by saying, oh, no, <laughs> you didn't do it's that. It's not like the cheeseburger cheeseburger sketch <laughs> on SNL. But no, uh, what was, oh yeah, uh, the, you have to admit, there are people in show business that have their shit together. Not everyone's a fuck Let's up. Go quick, hang on. Not everyone's a fuck up. We're going to interrupt this a little bit to get a little Stephen A. But you have to admit it. There are some people who are, who are famous like that, who are just, they're damaged souls. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, and probably the majority, I'd say. It is a privilege to be here with y'all tonight. Do you think he gets tired of talking like I that? Know. <laughs> All right, let me bring people down. So I made a bet with Steve That's today. Right. He probably talks like the real Gilbert Godfrey did. <laughs> Hello, Howard. This is Gilbert. He probably, what, if, what if he talks like a... You know how black guys do the white guy voice? Yes. What if that's how Stephen A. Smith really talks? <laughs> what, like, like, well, uh, you know, guys, <laughs> my tall. name's Stephen Allen Smith. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, I got a feeling David Duke is not watching this. I have a feeling it's not like, listen to him just laughing and joking away. They look happy to me. You know, could you see that? Yucking it up. What if they just started shooting dice on the table? Pissed on. And I'm not, I mean, I live by MacArthur Park. Old Mexicans do it all the time. Do you see guys shooting He's dice? He's got a G-ball on him. Oh, all the time. I skate yeah. through the dice game. They fucking stop it for you. Oh. And they got multiple ones. They got little dice. They're rolling 12. Keeping wow. track of multiple games. I got it's a five whole, on it. It's a whole ecosystem Absolutely. Over there. Absolutely. I saw that episode of The Wire. Remember when they were teaching? Boogie? It was uh, Mr. P, and he was teaching probabilities. Yeah, and he used like, and it made sense Dookie, to the kids. You know, his shit smelling ass. Oh man, I, he's actually when Dookie becomes a heroin addict, I'm just like, oh no, because he's the new Bubbles. They yeah, re they yeah, replace yeah. every character with a new up and coming character. Oh, which is such a reveal. Look at him wearing I mean? the like, Rome jerseys, the it, Romos. It's just showing the cycle repeat itself. You know, it's so. 
like a smell like a is he wearing a dolce and gabbana sweater with that. And so when it looks like he stole the crushed velvet <laughs> of the interior of a cadillac and is wearing it <laughs> yeah cadillac oh, from a fucking magnum force are you wearing the interior from superfly <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen magnum force the second of the dirty harry installments no but we need to it, it is experience uh, i think it's the second it might be the third i think it's the second and what it is because if you watch Dirty Harry, if you ever see Dirty Harry, the movie should have just been called Why I Hate Hippies. That's all it is. It's all like, look at them just bitching about their rights. I mean, it was the Magnum total... Force 1, 1973, yeah, right? Yeah, Magnum was, Force? That, that was the second one. That, that was like David's soul from Star Wars. So Hutch. wait, what's the first one? First one is just Dirty Harry. It's just Dirty okay. Harry. Dirty Harry came out in 71 or 70, if I'm not mistaken. Hang on. And it was very much in that theme of Charles Bronson. The white man is going to enact some justice, and he is justified in this. It is completely a response to, like, hippiedom. It is totally a response to what was going on in the late 60s. Let's go ahead and watch this piece you know, here. And, and Dirty Harry, uh, he's so rough. I mean, that, that I've heard of. Yeah, because yeah, he becomes a vigilante. He basically See, goes that's like, back in the day where they snuck a sequel in. They didn't name it like part two. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. They exactly. snuck a sequel in Fistful of Dollars as a sequel to fucking Rough Tumble and <laughs> Beautiful or whatever the fuck, which well, is a sequel to fucking well, there was Indian a Horror Fist Fuck. No, no, no. Wanka Wanka. No, they never had that. It was the good, the bad, and the ugly is the high watermark. And there's also. Uh, uh, fistful of dollars. Fistful of dollars. And then there was the other one you just More said. More fistful of dollars. There's another one. Yeah, here's Ma Magnum Forces, the second Dirty Harry. Oh, 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 oh this is great. Because right. Susan, Ooh, look you, you, see in, you see who's in here in, in the swimsuit? You'll see who it is. It's very relevant to the news. Oh, Summers? Yes. She goes topless in this scene. Ooh. She's topless in this. Lou Guzman, narcotics king. <laughs> I love it. It's not a person. Oh, look See, at this guy. I was thinking Stephen A. Smith. Like literally, that was the interior that looks like for Don this. Cheadle. It is beyond there are racist. On the loose, dressed like cops. See, and they always use a magnum. You and your partner are back on homicide. It's a little dramatic, isn't it, Briggs? Not your usual What a style. young Eastwood. Yeah, absolutely. Look, this thing might be bigger than even we think it is. This is the Eastwood I, re I remember. I remember this Hiding my racism in my tall hair. This was is... he an NRA guy at this time? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. He's I mean, hero. philosophically, he was, but like publicly. Yeah, he was very much a, he's a libertarian. That a Newman's doubt. a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> This, Look at him hanging on like Kennedy. Because that we got that opening scene. That guy's interior from that Cadillac is what Stephen A. Smith to me. I thought that's what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. It was something from that. You know, because uh, it is. is. So you see what it in is. Twenty four hours. Harry manages to cover a stakeout. This is the preview. The robbery. Like it's this like is the a trailer. Movie. The trailer. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they, they just gave you so much information. Oh, back here it is. You're yeah. the cop who lives upstairs. That's right. Yeah. It's an Asian woman. He yeah. totally gets it on with an Asian It's hilarious, dude. That was liberal, goddammit. Absolutely. It. I penetrated a yellow. Well, well, he like he would always put that in his movies to sort of to give a softer edge to his libertarianism, you know? Like, hey, I have a black partner. Because he has a Latin partner in the first you one. You know what they and, say. And then, is a long way from LA. And I think his partner is black in this. Then they also have him partner up with Tyne Daly. Does the black guy Cagney eat Lacey. a lot of candy? I feel uh, <laughs> like the people of color, these people of color partners, had a sweet tooth. Well, you know, Cobra. It was, well, well, Kojak had and that. Cobra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like a little a habit of like bubblegum chewing. Hang on, I got to yeah, stop yeah. and get some gushes, brother. You know? <laughs> yeah, but it was. Uh, 
uh, yeah, th- those movies, again, they were all just thinly veiled, like, we hate hippies. No, So the plot of Magnum Force, they give, gave you a lot of it there. But it was just, uh, uh, there are people who are basically going on shooting all the criminals. It's cops who are doing it with Mag, you know, and then they try to get Dirty Harry on their side. And even he has standards. He's like, listen, man, you can't do Even that. Harold's got standards. Even he, like, because like, he had to soften his image just a little bit because he comes off. At the end of, of Dirty Harry, he shoots the bad guy because basically justice is not working because it's so liberal. Justice isn't working. Yeah, justice isn't working. So it's so liberal that they're all getting off in these technicalities. I'll tell you where and, justice works is Texas. So then he shoots, he shoots the guy. He shoots Scorpio, the bad guy, and then he takes his badge and throws it in the water. It's basically saying, I'm going to be a vigilante and just kill these people. That is the message of the movie, which was a uh, which resonated with a lot of uh, angry white assholes. Oh, hell yeah. You know, Bronson and all that. It was all it all tapped into that. It, it, It just. You know, goddamn, we don't have the death penalty. We have God to get the death it. penalty. These hippies are going to come These rape your fu- goddamn children. Okay, you realize that by doing that, we now have the Do largest prison system Do you think Reagan was slightly hyped up by Bronson and was like, I'm going to put this in policy? Oh, oh, I think there was an absolute relationship. Culturally speaking, they were tapping into something, without a doubt. Without a doubt, law and order. There, the death penalty wasn't legal for like nine or ten years in this country until 76, 74. And it got overturned. And I remember that was a big news story. When I was a kid growing up, someone getting executed was a story on the news. And that just because now it's like 1,500 people have been executed. But there's actually it's been it's been slowing down. And some red states are thinking about getting rid of it. But it's like it was definitely related to what was going on in the late 60s. Damn it. We got to kill these people. They're all lawless. You know, and we got to just law and order was like if you were soft on crime, you lost. Speaking of lawless, we got no law with these streaming ratings. We're a month behind. We're treated like savages. Yeah, uh, we're Sorry, get, we're getting yeah. into the sh- no. I like yeah. I'll, I'll edit all this together. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, we 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 ramble on the show. Streaming ratings: Virgin River dethrone suits. What the the woman who who uh, saw? Well, it's fall time. All yep. all the ladies. It's a it's a lady show for the ladies. Yeah. Yeah, fish she, out of water, small town, uh, big city nurse so, moves to a northern California <laughs> river town. Don't you know a guy who wrote on that show? Also, can you raise your mic up towards your mouth a little bit? Absolutely. More? No, uh, what what happened is we we got our pilot to one of the producers, a woman named Roma Roth, like two years she's ago, making fifth season money. So yeah, oh yeah, she she's they might she, even be dipping into the where you can syndicate this show on ooh. a real network. A lot ooh. of these Netflix shows are signing like once they hit a hundred episodes, they're getting on like real channels yeah yeah man you, and, and that's where you can make you mark my yeah. word stranger things will be shown on network television one time <laughs> and it'll be massive yeah 40 20 million people will watch because wow. grandmas will be like what's this yeah it's cra- it's crazy one of the things you told me yesterday we, okay keith you, you and i watched the viking bear if you can call it a football game it was uh, embarrassing uh, an abomination of the sport of football Your team won. terrible football teams <laughs> terrible football teams awful football it team. was you know mine was a loss yours felt like a loss oh yeah absolutely absolutely it felt like a loss it's just like how can you not put this team 19 away? to 13 because you suck that's the reason why fields dislocated his throwing thumb so we got teabag tyson bajant for the next couple of weeks yeah oh you know you already got these dickheads claiming he gets the ball out quick you know something you compare him to fields he holds on to the ball Although I will say I'm I'm over here just like, oh, no, (laughs) but I I was going off on a tangent about football and I I, I lost my train of thought with that. Uh, I'm sorry, but we we, we were talking about uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, Maybe it'll come back. 
Oh no, a, a terrible, a terrible game. You were saying about you. Well, you first you were saying. What do you mean? We were talking about Virgin River before. Oh this. yeah. Oh yes. Virgin River. Exactly. Yes. That's where we're going. Thank you. Roma Roth. Yeah. Got got my pilot two years. She gave good advice. She gave two quick things. Get, get to the action sooner and a little more character development. Those two notes. A little more CD. That, 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 anyway, she scored a first place shot here good, on the TV league. The, the Heisler Television Championship Series. You know? Suits still number two though. 40 points. We got Bluey. Consistent bronze winner bluey yeah the dogs like it the kids like it yep. 35 the points dogs like it yep it's blues Why and yellows say, yeah yeah they blues and yellows gray's anatomy i'm telling you watch gray's anatomy 32 more points for shondaland it's climbing its way up it's climbing its way up that show when is football a season ends i guarantee you shondaland will be right behind that motherfucker yep. yep and then you have swat taking the final point scoring place at 30 points but just behind it you had dear child which is a show we were talking about earlier when I was going off the Flix patrols. Okay. It's like Dear Micha. It's like a German show or something okay. like that. Dear Micha, whatever fucking child is. And so it's but a that's kid's got children's show? Or is no, it? that's a major thriller. Oh. It's produced in Germany? It's a Netflix show that's German. Uh, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. There yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. Interesting. Still, I mean, that's kind of uh, interesting. So that just missed the cut. And then you have Coco Melon, another show just missing it. Uh, 600 and th what was that? 663 million watch minutes for Coco Melon. Uh, 720 million for this Dear Child show, but SWAT got 798 million. So it was a pretty significant drop off from 798 to 720. But who the fuck knows how consistent these numbers are? Yeah. And they never tell you. I kind of did the math myself where, like, you can find a bunch of different articles where reading all of them, you can kind of calculate how many watch minutes is equal to one Netflix account. Yeah. We're like, I think they've adduced, deduced that like one 10 million watch minutes or 5 million watch minutes yeah. is equal to one Netflix account. Okay. So like if you take a billion and divide it by 5 million, that's how many, it's like crazy math you have to do. Wow. But there's wow. ways like to figure it out. Several thousand accounts. That they, yeah. But yeah. at least the Nielsen's are annoying, but it's transparent. Like yeah. a certain amount of people have these boxes. They take that information and they assume that everyone else watched yeah. what these people did. Yeah. It's classic LA. But with streaming, you know? it takes a month. They don't tell you what they base it on. They tell you what network, what like streaming service the minutes are from. Like Suits yeah. is a combination of Netflix and Peacock. Yeah. Um, that was a big thing with the writer's strike. It wasn't to get the transparency of the numbers. Why well, I think this... Well, the writers are going to get is, it. The writers are going to get it, not people like you and me. Yeah. And you, yeah. and it's for shows that you write on. Yeah. Well, absolutely. As well, it should be, right? I mean, yeah. That makes sense. Now, hopefully these dorks leak these numbers. Well, yeah. It's, it's interesting that I think... But I was going to give you a compliment there. What you've created here, I think, is... I don't know. It's a way of... Uh, it's a metric. You know, yeah. I'm analyzing it. I that, want that, it to that, be. Yeah, and it's like... It's, it measures the best shows on television, I feel like. Yeah. The television championship series measures the best of the best across broadcasting and streaming. Most and I... Popular. Most popular. Most popular. Yeah, most popular. And yeah, because yeah, that's subjective. Yeah. Um, and I use any available streaming. The English barbs are included in this. Yeah. I can't... Unless I pay 50 a month, I can't get worldwide popularity of streaming anymore. Yeah. Because I think Nielsen's is only United States. Yeah. That makes sense. So I would like to get my hands on some international streaming minutes. Man. To add yeah. that. To see what, if God. anyone out there in Germany or Spain 
can throw me some fucking broadcast ratings in your country, I'll include that in the television series. Like, I'm open to making this any yeah. available television metric will yeah. be involved. Yeah. It's crazy. I, it, it, it's how, how it's disseminated now. How the information is disseminated. How shows are disseminated. It's just, it's just so fundamentally different. I, I couldn't have predicted this. So I, here's I like in the '90s. Just one quick point. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. In the '90s, I went. Yeah, I went and saw Kim Fields speak. Remember Tootie from? Yeah, yeah. And she was also Is she single life now or no? Oh, I, I know she was very religious. Very nice. Couldn't have been a more generous person. Very nice. Had person. braces for like forty-seven years. You know, went to Pepperdine, One went of those to school, girls. got her degree. She she was in Living Single with Queen Latifah, also, yeah. which ran for like four to five years. She had a successful television career. What wasn't he? Wasn't LL on that show a little bit? I don't know. He also know. had a UPN show at the same time. I heard it was actually like the writing was actually relatively good on the show. It wasn't a total embarrassment. It wasn't Homeboys in Outer Space like we've gone past. You know, two years ago It was actually like a solid show. Uh, but but she was the. Uh, uh, the eight, her, um, a woman I worked with was a, her, her mom's assistant. So I got to meet her and, and just get some inside, you know, dope on, on the industry. Some you know? straight dope. And I remember her agent was Arnold's agent. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger's agent. And, and she was just talking about how, like, and this guy talked for like 20 minutes. He was cool. And he was just like, listen, you know, they're going to have a technology in the future where they can just have like an actor and like have a computer generated actor, you know, and you, you literally might be able to get like 20 channels on your phone or something. <laughs> and it was like, it was, and it felt like it was just cutting edge technology, you know, like in That's 1996, funny. whatever, 27 years ago, it's incredible how much it's fanned out and what's out there. I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I think there's some good, I think there's some opportunities in there, but I feel like it's sort of the quality I sometimes wonder. That's all my point is. Thank you, Keith, for letting me go Thank off. you. <laughs> so we're going to get into the show and producer final standings here. This is I like as it. of week seven. Suits still in first place, 340 points. But just behind it, catching its heels, Sunday Night Football, 200 and what? 290 points. For, and then uh, Bluey, third place. F uh, Football Night in America, fourth place. NFL on Fox, fifth place. NFL on CBS, Sixth place, Monday Night Football, seventh place. Then we have Grey's Anatomy, Lincoln Laya. 60 minutes, Virgin River climbing the standings a yep. little bit here, as yep. is Grey's Anatomy. Uh, World Cup falling down. That'll be in last place by the end of the year because it's the World Cup. Happens every four years. Well, when does it? But it's good that it scored points. I mean, that was like the first week the Women's World Cup scored oh, points in Britain okay. because like 15 million people watched. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how many women? How, how many people watch? How many women? How many people watch Women's World Cup? They guess it's the growing. The last two have been like the most popular. I've far. enjoyed watching. It, you know, I mean, it's you know, hey, listen, I'm woke. Then you have who? You know? <laughs> then you have who is Aaron Carter? One Piece, Painkiller, which is a show about the drug industry, about the band, about the band Judas Priest. Yeah, I saw a cover band once called Painkiller. It was really? the Judas Priest cover band. Oh, 100 percent. And, and they totally wore their leather. <laughs> I remember that was a big thing when Rob Alfred You're came out. It was like Turbo Lama. <laughs> Straight guy. That, America's yeah. Got Talent coming in at 16th place. Then you have the OT at 17. Strictly Come Dancing moving up to 18. SWAT at 19. Uh, 20th place, Sweet Magnolias. NCIS number 21. But watch NCIS. That is not a show to sleep on. And then we have The Witcher, uh, Ahsoka, and Coronation Street rounding out. The final. Then we go to the producer standings. We have the National Football League just 
throat fucking the rest of the fucking field. 726 <laughs> points. In yeah. second place, you have the Suits Production Company, Untitled Korsh Company at 340 points. Outside of the NFL, the rest of the producer standings just kind of mirrors the show standings. Wow. The NFL has how much is there? Is there? It's got like six shows in the in the series. But you, once these Dick Wolf shows get involved, yeah, he's got like yeah. twenty shows. Once the NFL season ends, from February to June is when this fucker is going to heat up. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting here in the early days of it. You know what I mean? Like just and also given the, in light of the strike and what product is out there. I mean, there's yeah. not going to be any new stuff done until this you know, actor strike is over too. Uh, you can you can send stuff around now and have some meetings about ideas, but ain't nothing going to get produced. You know, it's just going to be maybe you can sell something with the hope that they're going to bank on it, you know, and preserve it and keep it. That's what, I mean, that, that would be the best you can hope for. You know, I'd love yeah. to get produced, you know. But yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 interesting to hear but that, that Virgin was the River TV is done well. That yeah. was the motherfucking That's TV league. I like it. That was a good. See, I, that was. I'm finally figuring out how to work this into the regular flow of the show. I was just going to say that too, Keith. I, I think that that you've refined it more, and I, it's a little more. I can follow it better. Remember, it was always like, yeah, I'd ask a question every time, and then there'd be like a new rule change. All you like, got to no, remember like, is yeah. that, like, I find it's the whatever week we just had. Top 10 shows yeah. broadcast, top 10 shows streaming, yeah. first through fifth place scores points. Yeah. Keep it 50 simple. 50 points, like that. 40 points, 35 points, 32 points, 30 points. Yep. And then so, they jockey so through So every year. week, 10 shows could score points. Yeah. So that we're only talking about 10 shows at a time every week. Now, over the course of from September to June, yeah. which is going to be the season, maybe 50 shows will score points. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I want to highlight. It doesn't matter what place you're in. First is first. You're the champion. Yeah. Scoring points means that at some point you were a top five show. Yeah. That's a badge of honor yeah. to score points yeah. in this league. And so you can score points too. How do you enter again? If, if you have Just to, being in the top five. Oh, being in the top five. Okay. So if you get 11 million people watching you, but you're going to be in the top five probably or something. Yeah. Or, or 8 million maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Right now it's so you can looking make a splat. like you make a splash. During football point. season, yeah. you're going to need to get into the double digits. Because the NFL has about four out of the top three to four of the five point scoring places during football season is all NFL. Mm. So, you know, you're going to yeah. have to yep. put something on real fucking mouthwatering to get people to watch yep. it over football. And yep. Sunday's going to win the day until February. Man. Isn't that they, they own a day of the week. They, they own the religious day of the week. Yeah. You know, it's literally tied into the And entire... really, at this point, live sports is kind of the only reason to still have cable. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a totally good point. Absolutely. And if you really... I don't have it. And if you're like... If owning all of the streaming services confuses you, like, people always argue me on this. Yeah. Most of what you want to watch on Netflix is on fucking cable, is on on demand. Like, you can mm. find it not on netflix yeah. or something like that and i get that there's things that are not on demand on whatever cable service you have yeah but you're not really watching them yeah you're not watching virgin river if yeah. you're not like into virgin river <laughs> yeah you watch harry whatever they're showing on cable is yeah. what you're watching on streaming absolutely that's a good point i think yeah it's a good point so virgin like, river man virgin river i had totally forgotten about that but i i'm telling you something in the process of our refining process of what the show that we like i've created i have all the pieces of it 
That was an important point in the process. Two years ago, honestly, Keith, two years ago. You didn't get it. I had to explain the fucking rules to you every time. Yeah, yeah you're. They, yeah. he ran out of batteries. I got to change the battery. Oh, but yeah, but I was just We're gonna, at 59 minutes if you want to take yeah, a break. Yeah, take a break. Take a break. All right. Well, let me find the music channel here. We're going to go to some music. Let's pick a decade. Let's have you pick. I usually go to 90s music. Uh, let's let's stick it with 90s. I like it. Okay. You know? Let me scroll well, down. I got to get us. to the 1900s here. Absolutely. Yeah, but the point is when I compared it two years ago when we were trying to circulate this, I mean, we have a much more mature packet and attitude and some experience now, I think. that I think we, we won't come off quite so amateurish, you know, which is good. It sh you should refine. But her, her feedback, those two simple notes completely helped us out, you know, which is nice to hear some feedback. I don't give a fuck if you think it's the worst thing ever. I just want to hear why. You know, I, I mean, just want to hear why. Just tell me why. It sounds like you're what you would ask anyone if you broke up with them. <laughs> I just want to know why. You know something? Do you really want to know? Do you no, really want to no, know? No, 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 no. When someone breaks up with that, I, I, you want to know why you think. You just want them just to let validate me, your Let me tell you why I think you broke up with me and just tell me I'm right. <laughs> and then I'll go my, we'll go our own separate but you ways. know, every breakup I've ever had in my entire Ooh, life. Look at this. Every break I've ever had, it's, oh God, it's these guys. Oh. This was them coming back, bro. Oh. All right, we'll see you uh, yes. on the other side.
the taxes are We're dirt coming cheap. back. They're actually like true blue indie artists. Coming back, everybody. With them and like the, fla and the flaming lips were from Oklahoma. There's an angst in the Homa, but they're so super Christian. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Taylor, the one on the far end, on the far right here, yeah. he's got like 47 kids. He's they just, all got kids. They've yeah. all procreated. They got a quiver full. They got a quiver yeah. full. I mean, literally combined, do they probably have like 13 or 14 kids? I would say so. They're probably yeah. getting into grandparent territory at this time. Oh, man. I am. That's for sure. 16? They'll get it in. Stop pulling that mic Oh, down. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure you know. No, yeah. not in. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. as long as it's even with your mouth. I don't yeah. really give a fuck how far it is. Okay, okay, absolutely, man. Yeah. Here's Ice Cube, man. Yeah, he was going through. This was a cut, man. Oh, I got to turn it down. Oh, it was a good day. Again, 92. This to me. Absolutely. Like, I don't remember this song. Look at the afro. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, N.W.A. Was That's an angry picture for how fucking chill this song yeah. is, and it's on an album called The Predator. <laughs> it's a little that's a little fucking foreshadowy for Hollywood. You know, yeah. yeah. Talking about Harvey, yo, man. Yeah, it was. Uh... DJ Pooh helped Ice Cube write the screenplay for fucking Friday. Absolutely, dude. Wow. I bet you this was when he got the idea for Friday doing this. And, and literally, you said it. You in your in your view, Friday is like the most one of the most. One, constructed comedies. Yeah, it, well, it teaches you A to B how to write a script if you watch it. All the characters get introduced with a name, like yep. the flow of the story. Yeah. It's just got a perfect fucking... Little rhythm to it. If you ma if you master that, like, just use that as a framework for a script. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's his first script, so obviously yeah. it's a little fundamental. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, but, but that's fine. It's not bad knowing that knowing those, you know what a I mean? Formulaic it, is what I mean. You know, it's not bad knowing that formula. Like you, you almost know? see him reading a how to write a script book as he was writing it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen bits and I've always thought it was funny when I watched part. I just have not, he, you know, I've not watched a pillar of post. Yeah, and he know? was smart enough to know that I can't really write dialogue, so I'll just put in a mechanism where funny people come up to me and just riff. And he was smart enough to hire comedians for parts because he oh, was yeah. like, I yep. know I'm not hilarious. So like, we'll just kind of hammer out the framework of the story and then we'll just let funny people be funny. And it's also enough of him having enough of a, to temper his ego to do that. And yeah, right? letting other I people perform. That, yeah, and have their Most moment. of the first Friday is just him being like, yeah. And kind of reacting no. a little bit. What yeah. you talking about? Yeah. Just shit yeah. like that. Yep. <laughs> That's interesting. And you really let Chris Tucker be Chris Tucker. Yep. Absolutely. I remember Jerry Meyer singing new stand-up at that time. And, oh, yeah. He know. was really torching it. I would imagine Dwayne Kennedy wasn't the biggest Friday guy either. Well, can't you tell? Between does Chris Tucker. He was always like, can't you tell by my voice that I am a nigga? Like, he, 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 that's what, that, that's what, not, what Dwayne Kennedy would do, but Jerry Minor did that. Yeah. Which was, I got to admit, it was pretty funny. Look at the gog. Hey, you see, to me, I of all the, the modern on ones, my phone. all the modern ones, of the modern pop, I like her the you most. You like Gaga? Ga Absolutely. Ooh, I like her tech. the most. I like Gaga. When you're hammering a piano, I feel bad for someone like her. I think we were talking about this on the show. We're like, she's got to wake up and be Lady Gaga every day. Yeah, yeah. She wants to be Stephanie Gennaro so bad. You know, it's interesting. I, I wonder if <clears throat> someone like that could actually, you know, 
again, the cat's out of the bag. You're a massive star. Could you drop out? People have, you know. Oh yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. But the, you you can drop out, but you got to fight the notion that you've failed in some way because that'll be yeah. That's this capitalist kind of thing. Is there's I was thinking about this the other day of like I watched the thing about Brett Butler. Yeah. Now she got hooked on drugs and lost all of yeah. her money. Yeah. But wow. I think now we associate inactivity with failure. Yeah, yeah. We don't realize that like a lot of actors save their shekels, man. Yeah, and yeah. they got about 10 mil banked and they live like Demi Moore. What the fuck is she doing? The has been yeah. she's living on the a few good men money. Uh, also, I think she's a producer. I think she makes a lot of money. Yeah, producing. like you know, she's, she's fucking retired. Yeah, like yeah. the concept of I don't want to work anymore. Yeah, is like weird to people now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you got these Mar Bill Mar guys who yeah. just won't hang up the fucking wig. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking let someone else be political. Well, it's interesting about hang on, that's funny uh there's a i think i, t I mentioned this guy on the show before he's a guy that started doing stand-up within chicago in the mid 90s he was an actor he was in a few episodes of uh unsolved mysteries with robert stack yeah and he, he wore a black trench coat like scully from the x-files which was very much deep kind of a hip show of its time x-files is a very hip show in its time i, I would argue you know uh and and, and it was uh so from that, he got cast to be the Sprint spokesperson. He did all of their print ad. An early all, flow. All of their, yeah, exactly. For seven years, he did Was it that. before the Can You Hear Me guy? Yeah, exactly, yes. In fact, he got replaced by that guy. Oh, that's a sting. Yeah. But it, no, but he did it for seven years. Oh, no! He did all their TV ads. He did all their TV commercials. He did all their voiceover work. He did all their print ads. <clears throat> I think he made probably like between six and eight million dollars. And he just moved back to Pennsylvania. It's like, that's, no, no, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Th that is the goal, actually. Oh, 100%. That's the goal. It's not being in the, in the eye for Me, ship sailed I personally love ago. Los Angeles. Yeah. But I definitely would like to have a home in Chicago. Oh, it'd be great. That I can have maybe my dad or someone, just have someone in my family, hey, live in the house yeah. when we're not there. Yeah. Yeah, then you have a place to go to when you go yeah. back and take some extended time back there. It's like, for me, it's like, th that's the goal is to have a show maybe is successful for three or four years make your money and get out that's it really actually is a good looking stadium that stadium got me to switch banks yeah i looked over at larry and i go what's sofi and yeah. she was like it's a bank yeah. and i just started looking it up yeah. and it it really was up i'm all about all in one yeah i don't want to have to get a fidelity account and then a bank yeah. account and then a portfolio manager and yeah. then a loan you can do all of that on you can do all of that unsofi.com yeah <laughs> free no fee checking it's easy to sign up i did it while i was thinking about doing it and that's what convinced me to do it <laughs> it was instantaneous i was able to do it yeah because you know i got these cowboy uniforms i don't like them yeah i like those chargers I, i'm a fan of a white helmet also oh, yeah. quick thing about yeah. sofi backed by chinese banks which means they're either yeah. ahead of the game because yeah. China's going to own the world <laughs> or China's going to steal all of my money. Well, no, uh, it is. Uh, I think it's a smart move having Chinese money back in your banks. Yeah, man. Well, at this point, it means you're it means you're liquid. God, it, it is. Uh, 
It's the world of finance, my How friend. How would you judge? Like, if I said, "Hey, I'm with SoFi," it, don't worry, they're backed by Chinese banks. I, I, I don't, I don't know anything. You don't about have an that. opinion I, on I don't that. Have an opinion I, on that because you move money around, but that, yeah, like you, you, but as far I get, it, they're a fascist dictatorship who don't allow. Yeah, but like most of the world is. But their finances <laughs> are pretty. They're like they're pretty good at finances. Uh, th there are some inherent problems with the Chinese economy that okay. are actually going to be in the way of it actually achieving a true. It's certainly a rising power, but there are just certain system. You're trying to manage 1.2 billion people. And if I that can is use a tremendous an example, tremendous so undertaking. in about 2018, the Chinese government started investing in football, quote unquote soccer. They started buying Premier League teams. Oh, they started, yep. but they're doing what they were doing what Saudi Arabia is doing now, yeah. which is they're buying, they're forcing a league onto the world. Yeah, Saudi yeah. Arabia is doing it very successfully. Yeah. yeah. So Chinese, the Chinese president was telling everybody, invest in football, invest in football. The Chinese Super League is going to be the biggest. Yeah. They were paying obscene amounts of money for fucking outdated old football players. Yeah. Yep. And then that was the mistake all of, of the, the NASL. All, and then all of these big companies in China started buying clubs and making them super teams and just without. Ooh, who's this? A that, killer. That's the first play of the game, I think. No, no, no. There was a defensive. It was a turnover. Oh, look at that! It, it was a turnover. Oh man, I think it's, I mean, Tony Pollard. Uh, he might have been down. But anyway, I, mean, I, I don't mean to go off of that. I think, you make, I think you make a very good point. I mean, about, yeah, and kind of their, their and finance. Then, well, yeah. and then so what happened was all the businesses that bought these Chinese clubs. Their, He's down. their finances were kind of a lie. Like there was this club called Guangzhou and they won like nine leagues in a row. Yeah. And the company that bought them is like one of the main companies that builds everything in China. Yeah. All the skyscrapers. Yeah. And they, they, the pandemic fucked them. Like the yeah. pandemic fucked everything up. Absolutely. All of these companies became almost insolvent because yeah. of like a lot of these Chinese companies are like duty free companies yeah. that make like shit for like duty-free stores like yeah. a lot of chinese economy is just making doodads <laughs> that come out of gumball machines that, that's and certainly stuff like what that. it was for japan that's what, that's what duty free II, means you know? duty free means like mini shaving creams yeah uh disposable razors there's a bunch of manufacturing there it's definitely the workforce of the, of the workshop of the world the fact is though it's not as cheap as it was when you do a comparative yeah. analysis of what workers make here versus there workers here only make like Two and a half times more than what they make there. Yeah, you know, it's like nine bucks an hour there, and it's like whatever twenty four bucks an hour here, or whatever. So it's like the point is that competitive advantage. So that fear mongering that people are putting out—that's not to say that they're not relevant because they definitely have some expansionist tendencies. And the Taiwan thing certainly freaks people out. Yeah, you know. Uh, but but the point is uh, with banking and Chinese money. I don't come across that. I yeah. don't come across that. Although I'm sure there's... The Economist doesn't ever get into like Chinese oh, finances. Absolutely. Here's the main thing about China and why it's relevant for our economic health and why we're so symbiotic related is that they buy a ton of our treasury bills, like trillions yeah, they of own dollars. Our debt. They own our debt. A bunch of debt. And they know? can call it in. They, they basically got like... They're, they got something on us. Well, I mean, yeah. If you do a debt call, you can also do that. And when you do that and our economy collapses, it, can, what happens to your economy? It also collapses. I would There's imagine. a symbiotic relationship. Oh, shit. You know, and, and I'm not trying to have American hubris with that, but it's a fact. If they actually want to do a debt call in the United States, it would, the entire global economy would be in chaos. Oh, you know? I would imagine that would be a, something to do, smart to do if you wanted to, like, call in the debt. 
while America's in chaos, you strike us. Well, here's with, what, with some it, sort of attack. Here's one of the here's one of the fears. Well, not not that the financial. Let me finish the yeah, soccer thing yeah, real quick, and then we yeah. can get into that because I feel like this is why their economy is getting fucked. Because the whole reason he, the president was telling people to invest in football was just to get China on the world stage visibly. Yeah. And then the pan, the pandemic fucked their money. <laughs> yeah. And he was immediately like, pull out of football. Yeah. Pull out of football, sell all the clubs. And it had a ripple effect because all these Chinese owners that in yeah. Premier League stopped investing in clubs. Yeah. Wolves, going are, to the house. wolves are struggling now. Uh. And like, I feel like a lot of Chinese business worldwide is based on that of like, just get China in on the stage. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then and then the pandemic fucked up their economy. So now they're like, we can't be we can't just buy up shit just to have our name on stuff anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Th there's a lot of it's a complex, dynamic economy that has some real systemic issues. One of the biggest issues that they're going to have a hard time managing is there's a big rural urban disconnect there that like rural people have like shitty benefits yes you know and like and so they want to go to the city and people don't want them coming into the cities so there's a real urban so man and it's like hundreds of millions of people that they're trying to manage it's, yeah you know it's isn't it kind of a reverse thing where there's f urban flight out here and i think i read an article years ago about how there was workers in like the sticks of china yeah but they actually lived in the cities and yeah. they just they just basically live in the fucking forest for six months and work and send all their money back. And yeah. that there's a big problem of a lack of jobs near where people work in China. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. near where people live. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of the poor people in China have to basically live where they work for wherever, however long they work. And then they, then they can go home. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, the mobility is an issue in that economy. It's yeah. very challenging, you know, so there's certain dynamics that they that they that they've taken advantage of for a long time being so cheap for so long. But that advantage is now being lost. They're becoming a middling, what they call middling income, like a middle, like Brazil, the BRIC countries, you know, Russia, India, Brazil, uh, and, and, and I think BRIC meaning like the foundation. The, the BRIC, the BRIC is B is Brazil, India is the I, you know, uh, Russia is the R and C is China. <coughs> they're all kind of they're like mid-level kind of countries in their own way. They're not truly wealthy like Western Europe and America. They rely on other you know, people's and Japan. Trade. Well, trade it, is big just, for those countries. I mean, yeah, there's that. I mean, there's a lot of export economy. You know, they, they export a lot. Of course, Germany still exports, too. They just export incredibly high-quality engineering What do you materials. think Mike McCarthy thinks of the free trade agreement? <laughs> for eight years. Well, I'll tell you, you what. Know. They need to run the ball more. God, I was watching... Kellen Moore wants to teabag them. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching a... Uh, God, they're having a tough time scoring here. They, you know, the, the Chargers to me, dude, high flying yeah. coaches, the big rah rah offenses have trouble in the red zone. Yeah. Because all of their plays are big 40 yard drives. Yeah. And when they're or bombs and when they're within the 10 yard line, I don't think they're really have figured out how to be have a high flying offense when the defense is basically playing like yeah. a, a compacted zone. Yeah. Where yeah. like the zones shrink. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's always been more difficult to score in the red zone, obviously, because the field gets a lot smaller. So it's the decisions like when I watch Alex Boone on, on my podcast, the former yeah. Viking offensive lineman, uh, Niner lineman, he just says when you get down within the twenty and really within the ten too, it's just it gets really fast. 
like guys, you see their athleticism like really come out and, and you got to make instantaneous decisions. So like mistakes get made offensively, offensive lines have a hard time. The offenses have a hard time executing down there, you know, but they can do it. You know, that's why yeah. you have a good quarterback. Anyway, going off Look on at the that. dancing. Look at the dancing. Yeah. Tuck, so tuck I, your shirt in, kid. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, whatever. I was going through my uh, my China breakdown. China, China. You know, my China. You know who but, thinks? But, I'll tell you what this guy thinks about China. We got part the of me is family. also, you know, with Trump coming in, he said the same thing about about Japan in the eighties. My God, they don't trade fair. There's like this this xenophobia that's put out. Oh yeah. You know, now like, he loves China though. You know, but China. What? Oh, the, okay. did you see him shit on Israel? Oh, God. What, what you, what, he really shat on Israel. I think that might fuck with him in in the election. Well, I mean, and he's got a gag order now, so he can't use any of this court shit as a witch hunt in God. the in the debates. Yeah. No, he just personally can't say it. Oh, he can use it in a debate like, though. No, he can't personally say it. But they can it's campaign on witch hunt. I've been sending out emails. Yeah, yeah. Do you see Biden join Truth Social <laughs> to like troll Trump? <laughs> He has to play that part of the game. He's got to throw his hat I mean, it's not a part of the game now. It's the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The presidency is a roast competition. God, it's just, oh, it's just incredible. I mean, to this day, what are people's complaints about Biden? He can't talk. You know, he's old. He can't he's an talk. Old, he's an old fart. What, what, is it, what do his, his thoughts look like on paper? Because <laughs> that's kind of all the presidency is. Can, you, yeah, can the fucker still dictate? <laughs> God, I saw him on that 60 Minutes interview. Uh, he, he did an interview, I think, yesterday Fucking talking about the head. condition. He literally, though, I, I will admit it, it's like, yeah, he is old, man. But Trump's four years younger than him. What, like he's some spring How chicken? old were Trump and Biden when this, sh this episode was new uh, is what I want to know. Uh, they were like in their late 20s, early 30s. So they were like, this was like, I don't have time for this bullshit. I'm over here being a fucking... Well, this was deemed... Dude, this was a hip show. Oh, yeah. This was absolutely hip. I think it's still kind of funny, personally. <laughs> you know? I mean... Well, Archie was like... the. They say he's the Eric Cartman of his time. It's like Hartman. he's funny, but you he's like problematic. Yeah. And everybody yeah. like it would be I'd be interested to have a liberal, a super lefty watch this show. And because like uh, me. So, I wonder if no, I'm saying like a woke. Oh, God. Yeah. Like because I wonder if there's someone who would say that like someone like this normalized racism to where is like there was all literal to where there was the opposite feeling when I was growing up of like this is like showing you how not to act like it's a oh yeah it's a yeah, comedy yes. version illustrating that these thoughts are wrong and it's exposing they're just doing ignorance. it in, they're just doing it in a funny way so it doesn't bum you out yeah yeah but like archie was you're never like oh he's right well exactly like everyone in the family knows archie's a fucking lunatic absolutely he's just also funny yeah and there's also those moments like where edith gets raped and there actually is humanity in his face and like, oh yeah oh yeah like, i think it's the first show where like they humanize someone with problems you know well i mean it's also to me the big the, the humor of it all is exposing his ignorance that's the humor of it all you're, you're using humor to expose what he's saying is to expose the ignorance of that thought whereas so it's critical of i that. would say the newer generation of wokes would say that ignorance should not be platformed in any way shape or form uh, you know <laughs> Then it goes back to the debate. How do you decide that? How do you decide that? Me and her them? were laughing at, so there was an onion uh, yeah. piece. Let me look at this up. Absolutely. Let me look at this up. Uh, yeah, with, uh, I, to me, you know who always reminded me of Archie Bunker, of Carol O'Connor? 
Do you know who I thought was the closest uh, one? Your mom? No, no, I'm kidding. no uh, it would be a CJ. No, Sul- it'd be CJ Sullivan. That's who. That's who uh, Sullivan reminded me of. His humor. It, it wasn't uh, John Goodman, and it wasn't uh, like a Jackie Gleason. He had a little bit of Gleason in him. I thought he was, which I think is a more. It's a more sophisticated brand of comedy. It's Irish. <laughs> so here's the post. I'm going to have to lean in to read this. Uh, th- <clears throat> I used to describe when I would go into Cicero. It's Archie Bunkerville. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so here's, here's what the Onion article was. Here's the headline. Dying Gazans criticized for not using last words to condemn Hamas. What was it again? Dying <laughs> Gazans criticized for not using last words to condemn Hamas. Let me switch this over on the thing. So you, it's an onion that, article. That is pretty funny. Hold on. Let me black that out. No. Okay, there we go. There we go. Now yeah, I now I can read this for the people. This was 1974. It's so based in New so York. So then here is the here is the the caption. The complicity. Uh, the complicity of each and every Palestinian in the violent actions of their militant ruling authority was reportedly on full display Friday morning when dying Gazans received justified (laughs) criticism for not using their last words to condemn Hamas. For example, instead of issuing a full-throated denunciation of the violent attacks by Hamas that have left over 1,300 Israelis dead on dying, uh, a dying, uh, one dying woman holding her six-year-old son who had just been killed in a bombing is said to have doubled down by telling her child she loved him. (laughs) So I sent that to Larry Ooh, yeah. of like, of like, this is funny. Uh, and she goes, people on Twitter are not getting the satire. It's wild. God. And like, that is a perfect example wow. of woke people thinking that that's appalling. Well, again, again, I'm going <clears> to <throat> say this. I'm going to say this. There is something where they take it so fucking literally. It's just, there is a block. It is a, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. And I know I'm going to sound like an old fart, but there's a certain amount of lack of experience and wisdom in your analysis. It, it, there's, it's not no, an experiential base. Certainly. You know, it, there's not an experience You know what? That's a there. good point. Yeah, like, usually back in when the non-technological times in the 90s and a lot of the 2000s. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of people didn't get cell phones until they graduated high school. So you almost, yeah. like, adulthood merged with your ability to speak publicly about the world yeah Yeah. and now young people with not even undeveloped uh thoughts i don't want to i don't want to downplay any thoughts someone has but certainly thoughts that are probably going to be different in five or six years of course those people are getting to uh voice their thoughts and it's almost like learning on the job they're thinking on the job yeah and you used to not be able to kind of do that with like until twitter became fucking huge yeah and i think a lot of these young people need to be given a little grace with like yeah some shit they're saying is ridiculous but like you know they know in a few years they're gonna know that they're being kind of ridiculous yeah i hope i hope if there's some maturation you know i look back on some of the things i thought and said back in my 20s keith and i'm like oh boy uh, that was problematic whatever it, you know you, you do or even like that was low, annoying like yeah, yeah i probably couldn't should have not been so annoying to about yeah. to this about this one thing yeah even something stupid this guy listened to dave matthews band a lot so we kind of fucking gave him shit all the time <laughs> like you think about it and you're yeah. like yeah that was kind of fucking immature and stupid like of course you know <laughs> like we you know probably wasn't fun like even you're you're 
the, how hard you used to go at pop culture. Like, you know, that Jennifer Aniston song that you used to do with all time <laughs> hockey or whatever the band was. Why? Well, yeah. In chick hockey. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're like looking back on that. You're like, yeah, like I don't, I'm not like that anymore. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Some like those... how people don't want to be canceled for past thoughts. Like, let's not come down so harsh on a 21 year old because they don't get a joke yet. Yeah, I, I like, hear that. They yeah. will by the time they're 25 or 26. Yeah. They'll actually watch a Shane Gillis stand-up special <laughs> and be like, okay, he actually is it funny. my mind. In a he way. actually is funny. You know, and now I... And it honestly is, I feel like in young people are so stressed out about a lot of the stuff that directly impacts their life. Yeah. The stress of having to play devil's advocate for, some, for, someone, for something like that, like uh, entertainment cancelizations is almost like, I don't want to have to think about racist shit just to fucking give like i have other stresses in my life yeah. to like give shane gillis the benefit of the doubt like i don't like just fuck him i don't want to <laughs> fuck with him like i think that's their attitude of like when people are like just give it a chance like look man i'm trans people want me dead like yeah i don't no. maybe i'm sorry if i don't want to give gillis a chance right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> i hear i hear that i i will go back to it on the, on this i mean Again, it's 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 young person thought that I, that it's not so long ago that I didn't have those thoughts. It's just like, the f and, and I had a pretty fucking good compared to a lot of people. What was the know? when you were on campus at Madison? What was the one revolutionary cause amongst the liberals where you were like, okay, that's a little ridiculous? Were there any like moon period women or like no on uh, oh yeah, no underwear? I, fucking, you should be able to fucking drip your period blood. Any sort of like weird like crazy lib shit where you're like, okay. This is wild. That's I've a, never that's a seen great this. question because I the fact is because my mom was president of her now chapter when I was 10 to 12 years old it's and all going pretty to normalized. I mean, I wasn't it wasn't so different to me. Well, I, I always knew people were stupid in that state. <laughs> I mean, just not I shouldn't say that just not exposed to different types of people. Right. But I remember being in my first year in Madison and going to see Louis Farrakhan speak. I saw him speak for four hours. I, I was there for three. I couldn't. Come on, you made your point. I feel like you know? a, after forty-five minutes, you're you're being redundant. And I remember other people from my dorm floor went there too. And and, and I watched it. And I was like, okay, you know, he's a good orator. They had this totally like militant presence. All these Nation of Islam guys, like out in the crowd, these just big, huge, thick black guys as like enforcers, you know, and like putting kind of an intimidating presence out there. He was definitely protested by by globalists. A lot of Jewish people protested him. Well, yeah. I saw him. But I was like, you know, I'd kind of seen this before when I was 19. I went back to my dorm floor, and these kids were just like, it was unbelievable. And I remember being like, no, I've kind of been exposed to like that. Like they were like, that was they like, were moved by it. Or, or, and it was like, they hadn't heard this before or something. you Because know? they hadn't been exposed to any black folks literally in their entire life. Like Bunko? You know? What, you Did say, your mom play Bunko or anything? Uh, well, what is Pinochle, any kind of dice or card game with uh, the gals once a week? No, no. The, My the, grandma played Bunko, and this is where I heard a lot of their political thoughts. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, my mom played a bridge. So a there was bridge. a bridge game at the Crocus absolutely, House. Absolutely. You know, and the kids got. I, I couldn't play it. I was too young. Were my you around though, handing it. out fucking coffee cake and shit though? <laughs> I was around. Were the ladies rubbing your head? You know, and they're like, "Oh, Adam, tell hand. me how school is." I remember like rub rubbing their ha hands through my hair. They liked my hair. You know, I had nice hair. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a seven or eight year old. Actually, That's you know, hilarious. I remember it kind of bothered me a little bit. But the point is. <laughs> 
is uh, and, and when I was in college, there definitely was uh, the most militant protest was ACT UP. ACT UP was a very big thing to was be into. Take Back the Night happening too? Take Back the Night was Where, like, absolutely happening. Where people wanted to fucking be out till four in the morning they, they, in a well, dangerous neighborhood? Well, they were. Well, Madison didn't have a dangerous neighborhood, but yeah. there's no doubt about it. The rapes happened. There's fucking no. So they would go up, they would go up Langdon Street where all the fraternities were, and they would go up topless at night. To give people take context, the Take Back the Night was uh, during the period in the 80s and 90s when women were being killed in England across the world yeah, prolifically 70s and shit, yeah. prostitutes yeah. women of the night quote-unquote yep. were being targeted by oh. killers oh. so many governments almost banned women for like they placed curfews on women yeah they were saying if you're you should be accompanied by a man and there was a big feminist movement to like let me go out and be murdered if I want to. Yeah, and also just don't tell me how to fucking. And also deal with some of your shit. Yeah. How about this? How about not how about murder you don't women? Kill. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Like, look, look at that a little so bit. So Crocious came up during know? Take Back the Night. Absolutely. My mom was hardcore second wave feminism. Hardcore. So it wasn't like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't. I remember there being like you know gay. Uh, there'd be a lot of um, uh, you know different pride parade stuff. Which you got to understand back then it was so fucking homophobic because of AIDS and the fear of AIDS and the misinformation and the ignorance about AIDS that, you know, I remember like, you know, a pride parade in Madison was, I was probably the only one, maybe there was one in Milwaukee and those were the only two places in the entire state of Wisconsin where there was a pride thing going on. And it was small. It was not a big deal, you know? So anyway, but, but yeah, there wasn't anything that, that I remember thinking was too like, well, I, I remember like the progressive student union, like men would kiss and shit. You know? <laughs> Yeah, you like make out sometimes, but they were just like, "Hey, we're heterosexual. We're gonna just kiss." Like we're gonna. I remember being okay. That's a little bit out of the norm, but I wasn't. I, I was not freaked out by it. It was just different. That's all, you know. I feel lucky. I, I feel that's lucky. My awful. mom. My mom was pretty good on. A, you know, there were issues I had with my mother about other things, but she was pretty good on the political angle. I think she was pretty righteous. You know, she had a good heart. Yeah, you, know? you righteous brother. You know, I mean, I went to Unitarian Church. They married gay couples in the late 70s. So, and not like, wow, I'm just this open-minded person now. It's just, I don't know. It wasn't like, it wasn't that, it was different, but it wasn't like abnormal or something, you know? Yeah. It's like, you knew it was not the way it was, you know, maybe in your mind, Is but it that, was like, that's okay. Do you think that's why moving to Wisconsin was also so so jarring? Oh. Because the, you there was visible conservativeness? Oh, oh, it was, as a 13-year-old, as a I, I was just, it was jarring. It was jarring, you know? It's a jarring Because another 13-year-old wouldn't have known, like, oh, these people think different. No, I mean, if, you're, if you grew up in that environment, it was... And I was definitely deemed a bit of... I mean, I, whatever, I, I had friends. People call you a puss and shit? No, I mean, I, I had friends. Well, you also, like, I feel like sports keeps a lot of nerds safe. <clears throat> like, if you're yeah. a little liberal or femi or, yeah. like, liking a sport really saves you socially <laughs> but I it also, really does i mean i was pretty physically active i played organized basketball there yeah. i used to go to the wild Kick the, the time. can crocious out there kicking the can <laughs> with the boys but i remember playing football i mean i was i played intramural sports yeah. all the time so Kick I was the can was a little that was my dad's shit. yeah i was gonna say that's that like, was, it was 1961 or something you know like yeah i'm not that wally and the Beeb sake, out you know? there kicking the can although we did play french ditch so yeah what it was is that a, yeah God, what was that again it was uh where you would basically like kind of chase, play, play tag when I was like 13, playing tag. And if you got tagged by a girl, you made out with her. Oh, that's you know? fun. That's for you the know? older the older gals. Yeah, that, well, yeah, and that was, you know, that, that was, I, I felt like, yeah, just moving there, 
from that point of view, very conservative. I bet you'd be cooler now. There was a really good bar there called The Joint. That's one of the best bars I've ever been to in my entire life in Eau Claire. Totally good oh, bar. Hallie, we should do a show there. But when you do, <clears throat> when you go to other bars there, you'd go there and like fights would be breaking out. Like Hell it yeah. was, it was, you know, it was kind of like a, a little rougher on the Get edges. Into a fight, the Adam Twelve crew would have to come break oh, it up. I love this show. So my name was in it. Plus, look at those Dodges. I, those I are love. Nice. I, oh, I love that. I got Chrysler products to me of that era are a cool car. You know, That's those a nice Mo American product. A, a, a V8 Mopar engine. You know, just uh, a fucking iron beam ooh. flying down the fucking Do you know interstate. <laughs> when I when I had my for four years when I had my hipster car, when when I had my Plymouth Fury three, 1969, the year I was born, thirty seven hundred pounds. It weighed thirty seven hundred pounds. That's well over a ton. That's, That's almost wild, two tons. Dude. That car was a beast. It was a. I loved it. I loved that car. I put money into it, but I had to sell it because the gas tank was twenty six gallons. <laughs> It would literally be like... How old were you when that gas crunch happened? Well, when I was a kid... Yeah. There when was, people were like cars... That's the famous cars in line for yeah. gas. Like you have no That's when it went like above that. a dollar, right? Yeah, yeah. And oh, people it, were like, oh my God. Yeah, Because gas was a buck twelve. Well, yeah. It was... The, I wasn't... I was old enough for the first gas crunch. It used to be like 19 cents a gallon in 1971. Yeah. And then it, it went to, to like... 50? It went to like 50... And people were apoplectic in 73, 74. There was an energy crisis. It put the economy into a recession. 70s had bad economic things going on. And the rich totally took advantage of that. So the, but then the second wave. We talk wave, about that a lot on this show. The, the second wave uh, in 79, I have distinct memories of that. And, and having to wait in line, odd even day. If your license plate was an yeah, odd number, you, you went Monday, Wednesday, yeah. you know, and then everyone could go on Sunday. But I remember waiting in line for like hour and 15 minutes to get it's gas. so American to make the Lord's Day the full-on gas day. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think that's what it was. I believe it was. But I remember it was also... Um, get um, gas, liquor stores are closed. And I was like, well, why? Here's what I didn't understand. Were liquor stores closed on Sunday in Wisconsin? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, no <laughs> Lee no. Jevons had to get his water. Yeah, yeah. Pe pe yeah. People got loaded <laughs> on the Sunday. I have distinct memories of going to church with friends of mine's fathers, and they got out at, you know, 11.30, 12.30. They're getting a bottle of booze. Because I think the church also was bringing up their issues. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. had, to, they had to deal with it a little bit. So, honey, I'm getting a bottle of whiskey. You know, I saw that As you know, times. Mrs. Tyson was pummeled by her husband this weekend. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was... I mean, that, that, that's, oh, that's a good point. I want to talk about my, my mom being second wave feminist. Yeah. And, and when there's the beef about second wave feminism, and I, let me mansplain second wave feminism to you as a child <laughs> whose mother was, was the president of her now chapter. I wore a green ERA. The ERA passing was everything. And Reagan's election stopped that from occurring. And there was true despair. And my mom was, it was a very sad That moment. was basically like... Women were going to be equal to men, well, like in wage and, and stuff. Shit. Yeah, yeah it, there would be. They were getting rid of the wage gap. Well, it was. It was certainly going to give a tool to get rid of the wage gap. It was certainly going to help with that. But but it, it was. Uh, what the problem was is that is that what did ERA stand for? By the way, the for equal, equal Rights Amendment. The Equal Rights yeah. Amendment. And initially, when it, in 1970, there's basically a couple ways of you know of, of uh, changing the Constitution. And one of them is you got to get uh, 38 of the 50 states. I don't know what percentage that is. 75. Well, I don't know what it is. Have to vote in their state houses and their state government to pass a, a, a constitutional amendment. So initially, when it was introduced in the early 70s, Hawaii did it. All these states lined up almost immediately to do it. 
And that's when the right really started to get organized. They really started to adjust. They knew the kind of what to pitch. It's directly related to Nixon's presidency. It's directly related to guys like Roger Stone and, and Karl Rove of having to split people against each other and, and what, how to pit people. You know, we're not going to call them the N-word. We're just going to call them welfare queens. That's what we're going to call them now. Like a, a new language came out. Yeah. And, and kind of how to say, okay, and, and they pushed the gun thing hardcore. In the 60s, no one talked about that. The guns, it was, and they made it like they're coming after your guns to get a certain amount. You know, the, the, the Southern strategy came into the fold of getting them on the Republican Party side. And then, of course, Reagan completely changed. Reagan Democrats, that was a total term. People who had traditionally been Democrats, they took enough votes off to make him the fucking, you know, the president, basically. So it very much was a time of that. And so the Equal Rights Amendment, it lost all this steam, all the southern states, and then Phyllis Schlafly. Illinois was the only state to not pass it in the north because Phyllis Schlafly was in, in, in Chicago in the metropolitan area, and she was vehemently against it. She, the big argument, they're going to draft your girls. They're going to have to fight in the war. You don't want your They had a Hulu girls. show about her, right? But absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that was actually okay. I liked it. But, but oh, the, yeah, that the libs hated it because they humanized her. Oh, and listen, what's her face was the actress, man, that, who's great. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Well, they also, I feel that's like, like that's I like think Daniel they, Day I think Lewis. The right kind yeah. of manipulated her in like, it's like she, like, they stoked her hate for it a little bit. Well, I mean, there's definitely, I thought they did a pretty good job of like just kind of breaking down her rise and, and, and you know, abortion being passed was a complete. She was like, like a total June Cleaver. Uh, yeah, and, and had yeah. six kids, but was also a total like alpha. Like a very, I mean, she was a smart, tough woman, you know, went to Kyle, went to a, a Wash U in St. Louis, which is a totally good school. But she was trying to get her foot in the door on the policy side of things, and they really wouldn't let her in. So how did she get her foot in the door? By basically challenging the Equal Rights Amendment passing. So there was red shirts if you were against it and green if you were for it. And basically, you know, you have to pass that within 10 years. Well, every single Republican candidate in the late 80s, Old man Bush, Bob Dole, all the Republicans supported it except Ronald Reagan. All the Democrats supported it passing. And, and that 80 election, if Reagan hadn't won, the Equal Rights Amendment probably would have been able to be passed. But they were and they were able to they were able to stop it from passing, which was a real victory on their side. And there's a lot of different reasons as to why it happened. Like a certain like not being able to connect it. They very much you know tapped into traditional women. You know, traditional women are, are you know, that your role is going to change and the man's not going to be the money maker. And, you know, you're going to have to go out and do, earn that money yourself. And do you really want to do that? You know, yeah, you know, th th that was they definitely like put out there. Look how easy your life is now. I mean, you've got a good life. And, you know, do you really want to change that? Now, the cost of living, of course, is ch I don't think those arguments hold water like they used to because it's so fucking expensive to live that everyone's got to go out and work. You know, it's like, it's like the, that like some of their playbook is not working, which I find, which I find interesting. I respect that about the younger generation. I respect that about the, as much as I bitch about them, like, like the whole, the crime thing, I think, I don't think they buy into that. I don't think they, oh, we should build more prisons. Come on. How many more no, can we fucking no, no, build? No, no. It's Ooh, ridiculous. Look at what we got Firestarter. There's gotta be something. Defy us to Atta. Where were you, what were you doing when this movie came out? In 83. Four. 84. Oh yeah. I was, uh, I was young. I was 15. I was still, um, I felt like a younger teen. Boy, just think of the think of how your mind changed, Keith, from from fifteen, from fifteen to eighteen. Think of how your mind changed. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, that was like fifteen was still almost like a kid. That's when you clean up the last few little kid shit you do. Like when you're fifteen, you're still kind of there are some cartoons you're watching. 
And yeah. then 18 is where you're like, I'm a grown up. When you when kids start feeling like, fuck that. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, watch fucking pussy magazine. 13. I'm going to read pussy books. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was my other. Yeah, that, that's the symbol of it. Yeah, that's what makes you a man. Yeah, it makes you an adult now. You can I can go out to a triple X rated theater. I guess if you would do that. We're going to go you know? smoke cigarettes and look at pelt. I know. <laughs> No, but but what I remember was uh, like for me, thirteen was the age I quit playing with toys and stuff. Tw even eleven or twelve, I still kind of did a little bit. But when I got thirteen, it changed. You know, I, I didn't do that as well. I, I was into different things. You know, I, I I think I had more memories. the The frontal lobe was beginning to develop a little bit more. But Is that what Steve a Gutenberg? No, no, no. That, that's uh, the guy who was an officer and a gentleman. Who hangs himself? An officer and a gentleman, Keith David, not David Keith. There's the black actor. I think it was Keith yeah, David. Yeah, Keith he's, David. Yeah, I think this is David. No, not David Keith. It might be. Yeah, she's got the fire starter ability. This is when Drew Barrymore was like, you know, he was like post you know, ET, right? Absolutely. She was like, her life story is pretty whack. It's pretty wild. I, I kind of give her credit, even though I don't like her stance on the, of course, with the show. Oh yeah, uh, she's oblivious though. That yeah. was more fucking. I feel like that was some shill got in and gotten got into her head. Yeah, what she? This is Heather Locklear, I think. Also, was it, or Heather Thomas? Is that a girl? Yeah, making toast. Yeah, it is, that's Heather Locklear. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> I forgot that she was being groomed. Five years time. out from being in the Return of Swamp thing. <laughs> Yeah, th this was. I give her credit. I give her credit that she didn't totally like end up on Skid Row. I, I give Drew Barrymore some credit. Like she didn't end up on Skid Row because she had a totally fucked up life. You know, I think she. I mean, her story is pretty pretty crazy. You know, pretty fucking crazy there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think her. I mean, she had a. She had to. She had to start at square one again. You know, I mean, she was not a known actress when she was eighteen or nineteen. I remember her being in like the the Batman movie. In, in 95, Batman Returns? Barrymore? Oh, yeah, she was one of Two-Face's henchmen. Exactly. It was probably her coming out of rehab. It, it, that was her, like, just starting to get back into it. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, it was, it was oh, it's Drew Barrymore from, from E.T., you know? From yeah. Et. She was also in a movie called Irre Irreconcilable Differences, where she divorces oh, Shelley Long. Felt so good. Uh, uh, Shelley Long. That one? Yeah, it was a long. <laughs> God, there. That's our show. No, but on that exclamation point. But no, it. Uh, she was also in Irreconcilable di ir Irreconcilable Differences. Shelley Long played her mom, and she divorces her her, her parents. Look at that coffee pot. That's a coffee oh, pot of the times. That's probably modern man. as shit for a the times. Absolutely. It looks like a. A spaceship absolutely you know you don't even see the coffee yeah. until it comes out coffee you can just do it at home it starts you pour the water in and it comes out coffee i you know i never liked coffee i fucking love it dude i'm gonna make some espresso after this i, I never I, I never developed a taste for it i love the smell of it. freshly ground coffee a is amazing yeah i love the smell of it that and freshly and freshly cut tobacco to fertilize the doit it's fucking great man it's great. Uh oh, is is this? Yeah, this was. Uh, he was. This was kind of his. He used to be on the sideline of cowboy games in the mid '80s. That's how bad the Cowboys had gotten. This this level of of celebrity. Because he went to the University of Tennessee, and his uh, one of his buddies, Billy Ray Bates or Billy Bates, played for the Cowboys. And he this guy in real too. life. Yeah, this guy in real life <clears throat> would be on the sidelines of cowboy games like in '84 and '85. Oh, that's hilarious! Because he was kind of he was kind of like a you know a known act like Jim Garner with the Raiders. 
you Nicholson know, he, with the Lakers kind of thing. MC Hammer with the early 90s Falcons. Fucking uh, I love McConaughey that with the University of Texas yeah, going in there giving them pep talks. Hey, f- Taylor Swift with the entire <laughs> NFL. <laughs> Talking about that yesterday was crazy, man. You know, it would just well, be and they're they're capitalizing on the short-lived popularity because, like I said, when they if and when they break up, these fans are going Taylor's way. Of course, so they're getting that short. Maybe we can get a couple of these broads to be lifelong fans. You know, yeah, and just the short. How many sponsors could we get with this new female audience? Yeah, yeah, God. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get a tampon company. Hey, or there something. we go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Super Bowl presented by the Rag. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it when you whenever you want to do ignorance. It's not Southern accent. It's, it's Southside Chicago. Chicago. You know, there's one thing about you know the new quarterback for the Bears. They got to give the young kid a chance. Fields, T-bag, you know, T-bag needs to get time. Fields got two and a half years. So Fields is a bust. They're saying, yes, man, not a bust. That they're just saying, like this has to be it, like responsibly. Yeah, like it would be irresponsible for them to sign him to a contract extension. Just, just well, we're gonna see first. Yeah. So you're gonna sign him to a two hundred million dollar contract because you need to evaluate him still more. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those say we, we got to go our separate ways. But he's gonna be a free agent after next year. He's still yeah, got so one you more trade year. Him. They'll trade him during. They'll trade him before the draft. They're in the off season. See, I, I think. I think what you do too is. I think you draft a quarterback and you keep him for another year. You keep that quarterback. Yeah. Can you, know, you imagine because, drafting Caleb and keeping Fields? Or, or yeah, and just saying, you know, you, you got him. Mat- the one thing I noticed about the tra- from the league, and I've said this a million times. This is what helped Aaron Rodgers a lot. Aaron Rodgers sitting was for a few years, but behind so the legend. Yeah, and also for three years and getting physically being able. You're still physically growing at 22 and 23. At 25, Here, I got. You can keep talking. Yeah, I got to do at, this. At 25, that's actually when you, I think for me, that's when I physically felt like a man. At 22 or 23, I wasn't. So you're going to go in with these just beast athletes. Your body has to physically mature. You got to gain 20 pounds or 25 pounds. You have to just get some more mass, and, and that totally helped his career you know so uh so i think having a having a you know being the understudy oh he can tutor him that's not going to happen that's the coach's job uh justin fields will be fighting for a job and i hate to say it i hate to say you light a fire under his ass too like the bell's got to go off now justin you know what i mean like yeah it's got to happen so I, we're watching the game yesterday i will say this now you watch him a lot just and I, have, I haven't seen him a lot I've seen him enough but not. he he still holds on to the ball a bit too long he did even in college yeah they threw more with Stroud because he got the ball out quicker. You know, and it's like <clears throat> he threw twelve interceptions. The Fields is twenty something. Wow! And they threw like a hundred more passes over the course of his two years versus. But Fields. there's also been bust. Like, you know that guy Cardell Jones? He stunk for the. Yeah, I mean, there's now been some Stroud bu- looks like the guy who's going to break this Ohio State yes. quarterback curse. I would agree. He he's looked good so far. At least I mean, it's only six games in, but I think I don't think he's thrown a pick yet. One he threw oh, one he threw Sunday. One that's one in six games. He's got like eleven. It's like ten to one or you something know, like that. You know, good for you. He's also he's we, you got to have some pudding, man. He weighs like two thirty. Yeah, because they're gonna get hit. Even you can say, "Oh, it's the soft NFL." No, it's not. When you want, when I watch these offensive line plays, they are crushing each other. They still are. They're they're man on each other. Up the tackling is a little different because they got to tackle around the waist more now and stuff. And so the but uh, the, the guys in the trenches, as they say, they he, they are getting beat up. It's still physical. It is not. You know, it's soft NFL. No, nah, that's not true. <laughs> They're still getting CTE. It's okay. They're still getting CTE. <laughs> as much as they want to change that. But anyway. You want to get into TV history? Sure, man. What the hell? I've been go- going off. But yeah, with 
But, but, but my, my beef, you know, third wave feminism, I'll, I'll, wrap up this, I'll wrap up this one point. Third wave feminism, the big criticism of second wave, I think, is that it wasn't diverse enough. There wasn't, wasn't enough diversity in the ranks. It's like all white women getting in there. You know, like, and like white, with white women causes. There was very little, like, what do the black women in the inner city think about this? Uh, I can tell you, when I was in D.C., my mom... Well, yeah, that there was, was there at least, black as shit out yeah, there. Yeah, there was at least a third so to 40%. So you lived in D.C. when they were the bullets because it was bullets flying around. At, well, they were the Baltimore <clears throat> bullets. They didn't change the name. But, I mean, so I'd say a third... Yeah, well, the crime kind of followed. Yeah, in the late 80s, that was the height of uh, the crack epidemic. In the late 80s in D.C., decimated that city. It decimated that city. Like, literally, the murder rate was... It's, a, it's only like 600,000 people, and there were like 1,400 people a year being murdered. That's an incredibly high lethal and murder And, like, rate. people trip about Chicago with the Chirac, and it's only like 400. Well, it's it's 800. It's high. Okay. L.A.'s only like 250 to 350. It's in that range. It's I'm telling LA, you... L.A., more like you, we said earlier, it looks bad. Yeah. It, you, you, can, you feel more in yeah, danger. Yeah, you you know when you're in the tough hood out here. <laughs> I feel, you know, you, it definitely jumps out, you know. But anyway, we're just going off on that tangent. But yeah, but I always feel like my my, my rebut to that is like, listen, the country wasn't that diverse back then, frankly, you know. And yes, I'm sure a lot of white women co-opted it. But it's like, did you know what they were reacting to? Their fathers all. Do you know what a jelly bean is? They, 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 their their fathers were all. They were all World War II veterans. You know, my mom's father was a professional boxer in the 1930s. He ran a, a shipbuilding area in, in what Long was his Beach. Name? Uh, his name was uh, was uh, Cardi Trius. Cardi. That was his first name. Cardi like Trius. Like Cardi B. It was C A R T Y. You know, I, 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 Cardi Trius. He was my height, weighed like about 30 or 40 pounds. He was a heavyweight he boxer. He just biff people. I, I mean, he, he was also... Probably fucking flat hands, Queensberry style. And, and, and when he was like living in the 50s in, 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 in like, you know, in Minnesota, when there was some drunk at the bar who wasn't leaving, they'd call him up because he was an enforcer. He, he, he was the foreman on a shipbuild, on the graveyard shift of a shipbuilding factory in, in Long Beach from midnight until eight. He, you know what his job was? To punch people when they were falling asleep on the job. That was his job. These were men that were forged by the Second World War. The feminine was, it wasn't even acknowledged as a thing, I don't think, you know? So they're reacting to that. There were no battered women shelters before 1973. That's one of the things my mom worked on in the town we lived in in Virginia. You got now there's 1500. You know stuff like that wasn't even talked about. You know, you, 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 your battered woman shelter was hoping the lock on your bathroom door was strong because you were going to get the shit kicked out and you had no way to nowhere to go. Second wave feminism helped change that. So that, that there are positives that happened. You know, so I'm always a little bit like I get testy about that because. I feel like it was a good thing for my mom, you know, her identity. I mean, she had, there was no, her voice wasn't even, she wasn't even consulted on anything. I think a lot of women were just, you were just, whatever, a subject or something, you know? I mean, there was no voice. You know, people go, well, quit your bitching, ladies, listen. You know, it's so just, we got to, we got to, I'm going to turn it on. We got a little bit of the presidential debate from October 16th, 1996. We're coming up on oh, election season. This was wow. kind of like a weird today. Dole had no oh, shot. Oh, 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 yeah. It's it's TV history. Okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Baby doll. That's what we do here. We're going to the cashed. God, they've gone nasty. How they've co-opted the Republican party. And still trying, I mean, they're, they're still going for it, man. They are a permanent fixture in the American political landscape, and that's not good. You know, right, it's just not good. It might be a little good. jumpy. No fair to ask me it's questions. It's McNeil Lair. 
Joe, the Neil Lehrer Report. Jim Lehrer, I think. Are they just like waiting for them to enter? Is that the? Yeah, this was back. I remember. I remember this. Such Having this sort of town. This was a very hip Second. look. And it was before Third. they had pundits Fourth. to like cover. Fifth. Then we start again. Same. One minute to. Uh, <clears throat> One minute to Bill. He's getting sucked off back there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's always the big comeback when you think about Trump's sexual escapades. What about Bill Clinton? What about Clinton? Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, you know, he is dead. He was frozen like McConnell. Oh, yeah, Dole's dead in the ground. Yeah, yeah, he's going. Well, he, he, he survived, like, battle in Italy. These were the men that were raising women back. You know what I mean? Like, it's, this is not. The elderly looked better in the 90s. Dole was like around the Trump Biden age at this time. Oh right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. In his seventies, sixties, seventies. Yeah, yeah, he was because he died at like ninety eight or ninety nine. He was old, but he survived. He had like shrapnel wounds and shit that were permanently in his body. He was just a tough old son of a bitch. We will begin with the two minute opening. Bill dropped down like fucking Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania fucking nineteen. <laughs> Did Clinton, go, did, did he try to go after the uh, wrestling market at all? No, 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 no. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I just, by 96, Clinton was already cool in my zeitgeist. He was yeah. like the guy. It was like ridiculous to think that Bob Dole would dethrone With, him. Yeah, that's good to hear. Just in the sense of like, why put this boring ass, like why things aren't bad right now. Like it was yeah. laughable to, as a child to hear them talk shit about Clinton because I was like, all they talked about was how his dick. Yeah, they subtly yeah. talked about his dick. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was character, and it was all that, you know. Yeah. It, it, Why it haven't is, we said a word yet? Let's really is, let's get this bitch heated, dude. It it bums me out that like I mean, it was a historic dude. opportunity, dude, to get the finances of this country like totally rock solid. What he's all about, and I think first you should. I should understand that. Here's why Clinton was was good to me, beyond the financials that they talk about. To me, it proved that a Democrat could actually win the White House still. Because when I was growing up with Reagan and Bush, it's, 12, it's half my life for Republicans. There was four years of a Democrat being president the first 23 years of my life. Jimmy Carter, who was assailed, assailed. He was hated. He was deemed weak. You know, and so the, the Republicans had this total hubris of, no, we always control the White House. And no, no, you don't. So that's part of the reason why Clinton was actually good, even though he was not that, you know, yeah. he had the same economic philosophy but at the end of the day, you know, but he was able to stop that. And he got Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court and Stephen Breyer, who were both totally good justices. But, you know, they, they, they uh, anyway, yeah, that, that is, that, that is the, that is the reason to vote for the president. R.I.P. R.B.G. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So what he says. This is what this yeah. election is all about. And hopefully tonight when we conclude, this fucking debate. Maria Bamford you in the background there. <laughs> and the viewing and listening audience will have a better understanding. Thank you. Mr. President, two minutes. Opening statement. I was going to applaud too. <laughs> well, See? They all want to fuck him already. For giving us this Didn't you know a girl who met him and was like, yeah, I would have sucked him off immediately? The, the, well, a couple things. <clears throat> There's a woman who hosts the open mic at, at Ono Venus from Arkansas. Again, and she's in her early 30s. She's actually, her name's Kayla. I actually really like her a lot. She's cool. 
And uh, and she was just talking about uh, like she was in theater and she met you know Bill Clinton like twelve years ago so she was probably in her early twenties or late teens something like that and she oh I'm Kalo what do you do oh I'm a theater I do theaters then she saw him four years he later remembered her and remembered like all of these specific like three or four specific things about her. I wrote you down in a notebook and, and, and so she was like yeah I could see why because I had like, the you know, FBI profile you I still got that power listen Rachel. he he totally I mean. Yeah. What do you want to say about him? Still he was a, completely I'm still a powerful like, man, like, and then he bites his lower lip. Like, like Slick Willie wasn't. I mean, he was my, smooth. My uncle had golf balls called Slick Willies, and they had his big animated caricature on him. God. Yeah. yeah oh, I, I, there's and another story I had too. When I was in grad school, a guy wrote a letter of recommendation for me for my first job. He, he worked in the Gore, the Gore Domestic Policy Office. You know, so a lot of number crunching, you know, so I had him for a regression analysis class, which I remember nothing of. So he was, uh, he was a good guy though. Don Lalani actually died. He was in Gore's uh, domestic policy. He said, Gore, totally smart, totally smart guy. You could tell bright guy. He said, when Bill Clinton entered a room, you fucking noticed it. Like mm -hmm. there was a, there you was felt a true it. He was magnetic. charisma of like, he was like holy, Taylor Swift. It, it was a different like thing. Here. I mean, it, it's like, you know, kids from drugs. And guns. And, and, and that was all refined by just, he just pounded the pavement for 20 years to hone his craft. We ought to create the finest education system in the world where every 18 year old can go on to college and all of our younger children have great educational opportunities. And now, things, 25 years later, you know we have candidates who want to century. get rid That's of the Department of Education. About. You know, DeSantis wants to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. That he commerce, wants education to be privatized. I think it's that <clears throat> commerce and what's the third one that he wants to eliminate? Uh, uh, energy. He wants those three, they're like the newer bureaucracies. They've been around for like 45 years. He wants them all gone. It's just more local now, control. Now, what was the world like before those? Did the, was the Department of Energy a thing because of nuclear or because of pollution? No, no, it was a thing because of the second gas crisis. That's that's when I got the impetus. Like, we got to manage our energy policy better because we cannot get caught blindsided. Do you know what's crazy about that embargo? That embargo from OPEC, and it was related to Israel and the, you know, the conflict that was going on. The, it was literally 2% of the oil didn't make it here. And it had this just devastating effect on the economy. I mean, that's how tightly wound it all is. Hence the reason why the military presence is there, of course, because nothing can go wrong. That shit has to get to market, you know? So it's like, we got to get off that is the point. And it's like, they're, they're, they're suppressing that. They don't want renewable energies to have a place at the, at the table. There's a complete eco right wing uh, uh, backlash going Ooh. on in Germany. You know, morals that we are teach we are trying to teach our children in these wow. days. Um, yeah. Yet we don't seem to be practicing them in our government. You see this? In this is a anything. If you are president, how will you begin to practice what we are preaching to our children? Oh, they were the pushing that hard. It looks like a, she looks so spicy and like Topanga. She shouldn't feel this way. No. Thank you, dear. I'll clutch your. Uh, yeah, I want to see what he says about the morals. Many American people have lost their faith in government. They see scandals almost on a daily basis. They see ethical problems. Mostly related to his today. penis here. It, it is now it's gotten so cynical that it's just like no one even they don't even like trust her to believe it. He and you know? what's funny about this is he's slamming Clinton right now. Absolutely. Or in this day and age they would be like, well, between this guy's cock. Yeah, and his God. wife's fucking right. bitch whore mouth. Oh, like it God. would be so personal. Oh yeah, it's speech. <clears throat> it's gotten really. It's just. It's really the quality as this. Would you call the? What does hubris mean? 
to me, hubris, when I think of hubris, is sort of an arrogance where, no, the Titanic's not going to sink. We're, we're, we've figured this technology out. Would you say out. there's hubris yeah. in what the right is doing? Or at least in their no, criticism. No, I, 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 hubris is not the word I'd come up with. I, I just think there's this flat-out hatred in it. That's what I really think it is. I, I think hatred it's just that mixed naked. with mixed with not knowing really what the fuck is going on. A real ignorance too. and like a kind real of not ignorance. knowing that their base, their core beliefs are kind of like not aligned with the people that they're using to progress their movement what well, they've you got, you got a con man he's like the best I, con man ever like i told my group my fantasy football chat i was like because they were roasting me for being a lib yeah and i was like well we'll see how your boys do this time around because i do think the right is going to win the next election and i was like let's see how living in a handmaid's tale works out yeah to where yeah. like i think if you let these conservatives run the world long enough they will lose eventually just based on their followers be like, oh, no, you guys are the fascists. What, but the pro at that point, then they give even them too much who power. Even people who supported the Nazis probably at some point were like, oh, no, I support Nazis. Uh, yeah, you know, with uh, at least the immediate. I'm not yeah, saying like, yeah, new not neo-Nazis. I'm saying like yeah. Germany in yeah. that time. Like there were probably people who supported him that were like within a year of them fully be I heard it click yeah with like a year of them fully being in power we're like oh no this is I've even mistake. heard some Trump Trumpers be like oh no I'm in a cult yeah like they're yeah. starting to realize now after this criminal shit of like oh no this guy's a fucking but idiot. that's what's so terrifying is look at what he was able to do the weakness and even though they think process. he's an idiot they still believe the things he believes well, they also, just they just want a more sane person delivering it which, which is, is dangerous yeah, exactly which is DeSantos I, I think DeSantis is running for 2028 right now because it's going to be Trump it's going to be Trump and and the nation is going to be on trial which is just terrible it, it's very I mean it's it's what this country is you know I mean it's you know it's, this is individual rights this is what happens when individual rights are dominant which is great in a lot of ways but there's other things that aren't so great it's not necessarily always great for society you know and so it, it is, you know, this election is going to be, it's going to be, I think, pretty nasty, I think, you know, life. I think there's going to be so some death, actually. I don't, I don't want that to happen. The pros, you know, just, There'll be a mass shooting or two. Yeah. I want to see how he deals you with it. You have to this. keep that yeah. public trust, as George Washington, as Abraham Lincoln did. And I think now that trust is being violated. And it seems to me we ought to face up to it. And the president ought to say tonight that he's not going to pardon anybody that he was involved in business with. Who might implicate him later on? Yeah, you see, this is his business right, dealings were like so not as bad as Trump. I mean, it's and like, well, Clinton was dirty. He was corrupt. Look at what he did with his real estate trans. Like, yeah, he it got was free golf clubs. Nothing compared to Trump. It's nothing. I feel like Clinton was a guy who was like getting into nightclubs, using his influence to do like party shit. Uh, I, I think there maybe was a little bit of that, but not really. He, he was a policy wonk. He, what they didn't like about him is he was good. That's what they didn't like about him. It, yeah, it, didn't it, he? Wasn't he in good with kind of the people that in Europe and the Middle East that the Republicans hate? Like, wasn't he kind of not like world peace type shit, but wasn't he like try, trying to like 
side with more of the liberal side of Europe and stuff like that well, as far I, as world policy goes? I, I, I don't know about that. I know when he was president in 95, I mean, the Palestinian, the Palestinians and the Israelis, <laughs> that was the closest they ever came to actually like we, Russia, creating a two-state Russia solution. Russia was pretty uh, Oh, they, they, were, they were down. They were down. And China's economy wasn't nearly as large as it is now. So America was truly down on the, the planet. you know, And it was before that, too, but it was really apparent for that 90s. And, and I think decade. even amongst the people that we opposed, Clinton was respected enough like when Putin took over, the guy who he took over from told Clinton, like, yo, bro, this guy's a fucking psycho. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Boris I'm just Yeltsin. I'm just letting you know you don't want this guy yeah. to defeat me. Well, yeah. We're well, like most no one would give that a Trump that heads up. But Clinton made that assessment, right? When he met he met Putin for the first time, he knew he was like, Yeah, he doesn't have democracy in his heart. He knew make it. Sure we you know? protect the integrity the Medicare program and the Medicaid program. So he puts it on that, puts it on the, the economics, costs, which is which smart. Hundreds of hospitals to close as could have been the case. See, if the that's one of the things that's going to be creepy. If Trump veto, wins and, and they get the Senate, they're probably going to get the Senate. I think the House is going to flip back Democrat probably. And then if they if they win the White House and they have three of the four branches, if they had all four, what they're going to want to do is just they want to cut their billion cut. Their budget cut five trillion dollars that they passed in the House. $5 trillion in cuts over the next 10 years, $500 billion a year in social services being cut. They want to get that. I mean, there's 70 million people have Medicaid. They want to cut that in half. They don't want to get rid of it because if you get rid of it, it's too harsh. But but they want to totally limit the enrollment on that. I mean, they, they just do not want to give them that. And if they get all four branches of government like that, they will do that. They will do that. Just, just mark my words. That, that's what they truly. That's what they've wanted to do. This is some long game that they've been playing. That's actually bearing fruit right now, and they're going with this plan because they were so freaked out by Obama's presidency. They did not like that, and know? he was like so moderate. Oh, he's conservative. But they don't care. The image of it all is not good. It's just not good. Yeah, you know, it's just they don't want it. Good, like uh, they don't want a black, man. To black guy. Yeah, and it, it it'd be different if it was someone like Jesse Jackson, where well, they yeah. could. But if it, it was like a really intelligent, really well-spoken, charismatic, yeah. Yeah. Clinton-esque black guy. I know. They, they, they can't deal with that. You know what I mean? It, it just. Association said that the budget you know, vetoed could close seven hundred hospitals. Not me. Yeah. And on a per person basis, the rural hospitals, the federally qualified health centers, I work with them a little bit, not a lot, but it's basically, it's like poor people's uh, clinics and hospitals out in the rural America, Latin and cities too. I mean, if that would happen, they would, there's like 4,000 of them right now. They'd be cut by like 1,500. You know, rural areas wouldn't have access to health care for 100 miles. You know, it's just like that's totally what would happen if they would do that. And I think if they're, they're so brazen. They're so brazen. That's more the adjective versus Huber. They're so brazen. They'll just, yeah, let's do that. And we'll just blame the Democrats for that. Go. What's this guy? Yeah. Small business owner. Oh, here we and go. My question is, uh, what is your position on closing the gap between military and civilian pay scales? Wow. Jason, I appreciate that very much, being a former military man myself. You see, look at this, this plan, you know, planted question. We have 17,000 men and women today wearing our uniform to receive food stamps. That shouldn't happen in America. We have men Black and women people should be on food stamps, not veterans. <laughs> you know. It shouldn't happen in America. Yeah, well. And it's time we take a look at the pay scales. Did get a 3% in. Not on women. Not <laughs> I know, on I know. Just people who... Died and got exposed to chemicals that they're going to die of cancer 20 years before their time. No. defend us around the world. Do, do you, I'm curious, Keith, from your perspective and from if you know younger people, younger comics, 
I mean, this whole like military argument that the Republicans try to like, hey, we're the party of defense and military. Is that just kind of scoffed at, you think, or looked at as just being like this? And what is, or that and both w- parties are the same? You know, yeah, and, no, the real liberals are uh, totally like liquidate everything. It really is like beyond. It's just like defund the system. Yeah. Well, you know. Like there's yeah, there's no do that mo- it's or just since no one like there's no voice for the modern left yeah there's, oh yeah there's yeah, no that I agree there's nothing that's corralled it or <clears throat> it's not cohesive or there's not a, and it's always been one of the weaknesses of the left is that it can't get behind and occasionally it can get behind someone but it's got to be this like Christ and I think figure, a lot of that you know? has to do with not being able to like. You can't get behind someone long enough to find out something they did when they were in college that makes them garbage. Yeah. God. Like people like Bernie, but now like he's a rich, fake, socialist, garbage, oh, so he's, rich he, he, white guy. They're all cynical about Loud that grandpa too. white guy who's not a real socialist. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but he was the best option. Yeah. Like I get he wasn't perfect and he yelled and yeah. I, I he like became Bernie. a Democrat, but like he would have, it was the guy. He yeah. was the guy. Yeah. 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 Warren, Warren has good okay. policies. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Not yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. He would have been proposing wild tax yeah. cuts and like oh, yeah. tax and increases. Yeah. First, yeah. first day, college is free. <laughs> and just nothing would have gotten done. It yeah. Bernie needs yeah. the House and the Senate. Yeah. I think that's something that the Democrats, Elizabeth Warren, had a totally good idea about child care for everyone. Like, why the fuck wouldn't you? This is the only country that doesn't have that. That is. Absurd, and you claim you're pro family that they've got to start having some teeth and use that. They're you know, they use verbiage against, oh, yeah, the evolution of our you know, they, they like to use a lot of the same terms as they're needling you. So, you fucking claim you're pro life and you're pro family. What the fuck are you doing? You know, it's like you got to be confrontational about that, I think, you know, because it's just been so long of them just preaching that. And then look at the policies that you don't enact, it's not even the ones that you do enact, it's the ones you don't do. You know, it's just, uh, here's a good thing to close this out on, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't political. know if it's, I don't know. I, if think, it, I think Warren's great. She yeah. has some good ideas. I like Warren. She's cool. You I know. think this was game seven of the NLCS. He's going to tax it too high. Yeah. You have something in common with them. You know, oh my God, when they cut their taxes, me, who's barely making it. Oh yes. I'm, ma- I'm making it now. I feel better now. I trust that they're going to spend the money and like, and, I, and I'll <laughs> trickle down. Oh yeah. This is, this was actually a good world series. I didn't stand up one of these nights. I remember. I watched this. Remember, it was the Jim Laritz home run because the, the Braves got up 2 0 in this series. And then the Yankees stormed back and won four games. And I remember 3 1. They went up 3 1. The Braves became one of the few teams to come back from a 3 1 deficit. I've been leading oh, into no, 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 this no, no. the last couple of days, the NLCS in 96. I oh, swear the, to Christ. the NLCS. Okay. Oh, no, not, not the World <clears throat> Series. No, I remember no. watching this. Yeah. The Cardinals couldn't end. I it. didn't realize La Russa got the Cardinals to this NLCS that quick. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it was they got he got they were all former A's. Yeah, yeah, and a lot. Well, McGuire was on this team, and then like the coaches. I want to see the lineup. Last episode, we went through the lineup of Game One and Two, and yeah. I was like, oh, I want Crocius to be here so bad because it was like it. Eckersley, yeah. of course, and like pitch. Costas was talking about all the World Series experience that the Cardinals had. Absolutely, and the Braves were down three one, and they outscored them like thirty four to two. In for the like last the final games. three games. Yeah. Because they win yeah. this game 15 to nothing. And then game five, they win like 18 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same story as Who this is? man, Francisco Cabrera, <laughs> delivered. Chip Carey before he was the Cubs announcer. <laughs> the greatest, one of the greatest moments in Atlanta Braves history. This I remember watching this game. I was living in Evans. Sid Bream. The Braves won their second pennant and, of course, went on to the World Series. And Francisco. I was reading about Bobby Cox. I didn't know he was their manager in like the 70s and 80s, went to the Blue Jays. Then yeah, became the general manager of the Braves and installed himself back as the manager in 90. Wow. Well, also, there was a guy, John Sherholtz, who came from the Royals yeah. organization. The Royals from like 75 to 85, they were they won two World Series. They won a World Series. Now that Series. you say that, yeah. yeah and he was their GM. Yeah. Yeah. And Sherholtz beat Bobby Cox when he was the Blue Jays general manager in the oh, ALCS. Oh, in 85. Because the Royals beat the Blue Jays. And they came from And that was probably down. where yep. Cox got the idea, I'll make Sherholtz the GM and I'll manage the team. Well, I think Sherholtz uh, was the GM first. I think he hired on Cox. Yeah, no. Hired let, me on go Cox. To, let me go to his Wikipedia. Uh, that's interesting. I, I, I never knew up. that. I, I looked, looked this up. Yeah, because they... Uh, yeah, they also had like Gary Gaetti play for the Cardinals. They had a bunch of old vets, you know, who could still play ball. They could still turn it on when necessary. They were baseball dicks. Is that Steve Lyons? I remember him. He played for the White Sox. He he got he got busted. Remember the guy? Uh, okay, here we go. Yeah. Eighty six to twenty ten. After the Blue Jays elimination, Cox returned to the Braves as general manager. Oh, interesting. After going through two managers over the course of less than five years with disastrous results in attendance and outlook, Cox fired Russ Nixon in June 1990 and yep. named himself field manager. Cox had also spent the prior four seasons accumulating talented play players, including Glavin, Steve Avery, Smoltz, Smoltz Ron Gant, absolutely. David Justice. Gant was on this Cardinal team. Yep. Uh... Uh, he was also responsible for drafting Chipper Jones, the first overall pick in the 90 draft. Yep. After the season, he handed the general manager post to the city, Kansas City Royals general manager, John Sherholtz. Uh, uh, absolutely. That was okay. 1990. Interesting. So he actually he got the foundation Because then there. the next year, the Braves and the Royals both had last to first turnarounds. Yeah. In, and they uh, played each other in the World Series. The Braves and Royals? And the Twins. No, it was, it, was, twins. It, it was Braves and, tw and Twins. Yeah, absolutely. Because in '91, me off. God, I hated the Braves. The along with then. the Minnesota Twins, became the first teams to go from last place to first place from one year to the next. The two teams met in the '91 World Series it with pissed, the Twins winning. It pissed me off because the A's were a better team in that time frame, but the Twins won two World Series. They stole they had that some games. Well, they had that stadium, man. I, the A's. You hate that carpet because oh. of that. God, I walked on Dave Winfield from yep. Minneapolis. Not going to be able to be the hero tonight. Tom Glavin to pitch around him if and when he can. The rest of the guys in the middle of the lineup are going to have to step up to get it done. Well, it doesn't surprise me all that much that the middle of the order hasn't been Do you remember Steve Lyons, because in these the guy's series, talking right now? Yeah. He was, you know the guy who played for the White Sox? He slid and he took his uh, pants down to get the dirt out? Yeah, it fell, yeah. That was Oh, him. I know, I know. Steve, yeah. Steve Lyons was big in my childhood. <laughs> Were you a bit of a Sox fan? 
No, but I just he was a baseball yeah. analyst. So you, you were a brave, you were a Cubs guy, even deep in the south. In the yeah, south but side. I was also like a B Braves fan because like they were just on TBS all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I remember them being on TBS in the mid '80s. Dale Murphy and stuff. They had some okay players back then, but they got old. The last year of the County Stadium, the Fulton County Stadium, they yeah. they moved into the Olympic, the Olympic Park, Stadium. and they moved to another one just recently. It's crazy. Yeah, but that Turner Field was very small and it was too yeah. big. It was like sixty thousand capacity. Uh, they couldn't. People would always shit on the Braves because they couldn't sell it out, and I was like, yeah, it's almost seventy thousand seats. Yeah, yeah. It ain't nineteen seventy five anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you have a stadium that's sixty two thousand. Make it like forty four thousand. You're gonna be fine. You know. Make it a little smaller. The more intimate, the intimacy is a good thing about going to a you game. You can tell which stadiums used to be AstroTurf and went to grass because they all had those tall blue or green styrofoam padded walls that the, just blend, they boringly were, go across. They were always grass, though. The Braves were oh, really? always grass, absolutely. They, they were Because they you're in the South. You grow their sun. Yeah, yeah you can do it, you know. Uh, whereas, like, San Francisco. Joe West out there and Jerry Crawford. San Francisco had terrible AstroTurf. Oh, fuck, Terrible. we missed it. We missed their... Oh, the lineups? Yeah. Yeah. Glavin. They were. I mean, they had an amazing pitching staff. I mean, they, they were, they were a, a leap in the sport, you know. The A's were a bit of a leap because they all roided out. The second key for his success is to stay stubborn, stay off the corner, stay out of the fat part of the plate. That Here we fat go. Part. Game number seven, the two Look at a young buck. You know what turns out he hates baseball? He's not he's now a white supremacist, that kid. He's not yeah. he's not he's now in some like you know he, he's the campaign manager from Marjorie Taylor Green. Royce Clayton, McGee Gant. Gaetti, yeah, Tom Pagnosi, Mike Gallego is their second base. They also had Ozzie Smith on the bench. Like this, they brought it up in game one that they had a few people that played on the '85 team still. God. McGee, Smith, and then wow. and then Eckersley was wow. like an '80s world. Like they just yeah. they just made a point of all the '80s World Series experience they had. Wow, wow. Gallego, Gallego played in three World Series teams for the A's. Mm -hmm. He's a second baseman, very good defensive second base. Soft hitting. Soft hitting. Mike Gallego played. He had like an 11-year career. I remember seeing him playing 87. He had a home run. He had a home run in the game I was at. You know, the, the A's were never ahead. I saw them play four games in a row in, 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 in Minnesota in 87, and they swept them. They swept the A's, the, the Twins did, in four straight games. The A's were never ahead in four straight games, and I went to all of them. God, that was a bad, that was a bad sports experience. Hey, let's, you know, go, let's go to the Braves lineup. Yeah. It, it's going to be like, uh, yeah, Chipper Jones is in this out. He's in the majors by now. Grissom, Mark Lemke, Chipper, Fred McGriff, fucking Jermaine Javi Lopez. Dye. Jermaine Dye. No, Lem I think it's a different Dye. I don't no, know if it's no, Jermaine Dye. No, no, it's Jermaine Dye. A young Jermaine yes, Dye? Yes, absolutely it's Jermaine Dye. They got him from the Royals system, I think. Sureholz, it was a connection, I think. Could be wrong. Donovan Osborne. Donovan Osborne. 
You had no business even when Dude, they got Tom Pagnazzi <laughs> on the fucking team, the Cardinals. Man. Fucking a Andy Bennis, I think, started game one. You know, whatever you want to say about Larusa, the guy knew how to manage. You know, he was a hey, good, good manager. Experience He's also a huge Trumper. Oh yeah, he's a big Trump, big alcoholic. We were—he did an interview in Game One, and I was like, I wonder how hammered he is. Like, yeah. I wonder how often he was just blitzed in yeah. the dugout, and he was yeah. just so adept at the current game. Yeah, he probably had to do to take the edge off. Atlanta rolled him. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they were on a mission. This was yeah, leading it off just right Weren't up the middle. Weren't they defending champs? They won it. In oh yeah. Oh right? No, they were great, you know, and they won the first Bobby two Cox games in the Bobby Cox went to 96. five World Series as the only one yeah. won. Yeah. They, again, they won the first in 96. Smoltz had an amazing year And then the Blue Jays beat them back-to-back -back in the NLCS, right? When they won, won the World Series in, in 91. The, yeah. and, uh, well, the Twins beat them in 91. No, the Phillies beat them. Then the, and then the Phillies beat the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, the Phillies beat them in 93, but 92. 91, 92, they went to the World Series back-to-back -back years. Yeah. So they went in 91, lost the Twins. 92, they lost the Blue Jays. And then 93, they lost the Phillies, who then lost to the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then so in 94, there was no World Series. And then 95, they finally won the they World beat the, Series. They beat the and Indians. beat the Indians, who had the better team. Yeah, Indians were Here great. we go, what happened here? But oh, fucking, look at that. People fucking giving, yeah. giving their all for a double. Yeah. Nobody out. Jimmy Williams shrewdly holding Grissom at third base. He's got the meat of his order coming. Shrewdly. He want to make that first out at home plate with Chipper Jones, Fred McGriff, and Javi Lopez to follow. Good job by Tom Pagnazzi and Royce Clayton right here. Trying to slow this down a little bit. Let yeah. Alford catch his breath, regroup a little bit. There you go. Uh, this was the height of that cheer. Take about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. God, that's so... I remember I wanted to go to that stadium and be like, Oh, racist symbol. I was going to do that at the stadium. To me, that's my fantasy, is going against the entire crowd. <laughs> That that's part of the reason why I think I do stand up. You know, it's that that level of defiance in me. You know, I want to just truly go against it. I think that's it. You are, do you want to wind it down here? Yeah, are you good to yeah, wind, it wind it down? down. Yeah, yeah, here we go. But yeah, because I, I got to get back. I got to work tomorrow. I got a got a day. I had three meetings today. I got a big meeting. I got to pre prepare for tomorrow. I'm doing another podcast in 40 minutes. So are you doing the wrestling one? Yeah, the just nerdery. I just record that. It's not live. No pressure. No press. Do you know what I found out, Keith? I've been watching a lot wrestling's of wrestling's beautiful. That, well, it's it's going to support the wrestling thing. Uh, I, I'm watching a lot of John Carpenter, like uh, being interviewed because it's Halloween and stuff. And so I've gone on the rabbit hole a little bit with John Carpenter interviews. And, and he said, you know, he said he's a huge fan of wrestling. This is like, my, he's 75 years old now. He loves wrestling. That's why he put Roddy Roddy Piper, Piper in a They Live. Because he's always a fan of wrestling, you know? So he... When done correctly, pro wrestling is one of the best forms of storytelling. <laughs> there is. I'm not joking. Yeah, I, I, I know. Because the ability to, to make something so outlandishly fake, <laughs> like, gen, like, to make everybody who knows it's fake yeah, go yeah. like... I know it's fake, but this is still awesome. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. skill. Oh, I know. Listen, listen. They're hitting some buttons right. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have millions of fans if you're not hitting something right. Yeah. You know? But anyway, here we go. And there's no, they are athletes, but there is, come on, you got to unionize wrestlers. You got to hit a union, right? You have a rough oh, life. 100%. You know, I mean, Jake the Snake Roberts does not look good. <laughs> but yeah, this is it. This is it. Don't drink show. and drive. We'll see you. I might see you tomorrow. Good. Do a solo one. See you around. Good night, sweetheart. Good night.